and welcome to another after show. I can't really do the cool ASMR voice for this one. It doesn't really flow quite as well. But yeah, episode eight, the Lord of the Tides after show reaction here. That's right. I actually did a real intro this time. I didn't just stumble into a moron. I said things. Yeah. I said the correct things. I did the things. I'm Joe Magician, of course. And joining me this time is the love over here. Lovely. <laughs> and wonderful Sanrixia. You may know her from literally all the artwork on my channel. If and Actually, many of you have been going back and watching a lot of my old videos with they don't have a lot of animation on them. It's just, and all the artwork looks really cool. It's because she made it. She made all of it. She's responsible yep. for the hat. <laughs> She's responsible for everything. Yeah, it's been a while, Mallory. I'm so glad to have you back on. I know it's been years at this point, my brother, yeah. but I'm so glad to be here. I'm so excited. What a freaking episode. Yeah, as Matt said, I'm Sanrixian. I'm always in the chat. So for those who don't know me, that's me. You can find me at Sanrixian on Twitter, Threadless and Patreon of the same name. So check those out for me, if you will. And we're just going to go through this episode for you guys. Going to try not to have an emotional Ooh. breakdown live on camera. May not <sighs> succeed at avoiding that one. I'm just going to throw this out at the start. I There's only been one other game of thrones episode that i cried at and oh. this was number two absolutely hit me in the feels hit me in a lot of vulnerable places i wasn't ready for it i also i think that was a really powerful thing that they did is that i think that they had made viserys in the last few episodes very unsympathetic and they just yanked that right back humanized him you saw the he said that at the end at his speech where he was like, don't see me as just the king see me as this old man here with his family i'm like oh you got me patty it just oh, I, you had texted me to warn me in case i needed a minute before we started going i cried a couple times and i was not expecting to cry for viserys at all i think patty has done such an amazing job bringing so much more flavor to this character and so much depth and it just i was holding it in wrecked trying not to sob trying not to ruin my makeup just oh my gosh so sad what an emotional performance and george had said something about how he he sees patty's viscers as what he wants his headcanon viscers to be yeah. to be and i i see it now i see it now absolutely Nailed it. People in the chat are saying Patty Considine's gonna get an Emmy. Even if oh, H so. even if HBO didn't throw money around they did every time to get Game of Thrones all the Emmy nominations, he'd probably just earn this one. Never mind the, all the marketing and stuff that's gonna go into it. Absolutely incredible. Oh boy. Oh, a super chat here from Cam Cobain, $5. Damon being the one who put the crown on top of a Sarah's head was powerful. That was an excellent yeah. moment. It was, we're going to get back to that one. Thank you very much, Cam. Don't worry. We're going to get back to that one. There's also a bunch of comments coming in from uh, YouTube. I put up a post for people to leave them afterwards that I try and grab as we go. Although it doesn't, it doesn't work because they throw, <laughs> they always want to talk about the end of the episode and we're going to go sequentially from top to bottom. It's because it's so fresh. The last scene we saw, we're like, ha, and we're uh, just off that. And yeah, let's, we should start back. Yeah. Let's start back at the beginning. <laughs> so the first, so let's go back about an hour and a half ago, opens yeah. on Driftmark. Remember. And I, I was surprised by this. I, Obviously, I know from Fire and Blood that Corlys gets injured in the Step Zones, and this is a huge part of what leads up to what happens in this episode. But he's been gone for six years. 
six years in the step zones. Rainey's hasn't seen him. Their son dies, their daughter dies, and Corley's, they have that argument, and it seems quite clear that he just up and left for the step zones very shortly thereafter and hasn't been back. That's a hard thing for Rainey's to go through on her own. Yeah, and having Bela there with her, I feel she's both, she's fostering a child to make up for the loss of her two children. Definitely being Bela's her ward, it's mm -hmm. awesome. They're both dragon riders at this point, so it makes sense, but it just really is in the black this episode, the way she just held herself. You could just tell, yeah, that was probably not a good place when Corliss left, probably not in a good mood when he stormed out of there. Yeah, I thought when I first saw that they were possibly setting up for some of the future quote-unquote dragon riders, if we get that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I was like, maybe they're doing that, but we'll see. It could be. And for him to be that bad, are the maesters any better maybe? I hope. But the blood fever sounded awful. Yeah, that wasn't great. We also, yeah, as you said, we also saw Bela and she looks exactly Lena. They gave her she the does. same hairstyle, the same dresses. It's clear that she has decided to model herself after her mother. Reina, very different. It seems, we see her later in the episode, it seems she's more trying to be Rhaenyra. That's the modeling that they're going for with the characters. Maybe Rhaenyra, maybe a little Rainies, but uh, a little bit of both. Yeah, so what actually happened was... It was a trap by the triarchy. This was surprising to me. An empty boat. Apparently, Corlys and his men went on board. Not empty. There's a huge fight. Gets slashed across the throat. Loses a ton of blood. Falls into the water. Survives. But then, as you said, gets a blood fever. Eamon basically just sitting there going, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I've been ready for this. And pounces on the news. It must have been a real hard time those six years with Rainey's, just with Vayman sitting there stewing the entire time. We saw him during the last episode. He took up half of Lena's funeral just to insult the Strongs. So you can't, I can't yeah. imagine what that has been for Rainey's just having him around. Bale is probably the only thing he was hanging on to. And he makes his case and he says, if Corlys dies, it should pass to me. It which is, it was a kind of a fun inversion because during the last episode, we saw Rainey say to Corlys, we can speak truths here. On obvious, we know those aren't Lainor's kids. And this time Rainey says, no, -uh, we're not that close. You don't get to talk. Right. You don't get to talk about them that know, lot. Yeah, those are her grandkids. And then, man, just Vayman being there, just constantly haunting her. That must have been so draining hmm. on her. And and obviously, it would have an effect on their estranged estranged relationship. Estranged relationship. I can't speak English. <laughs> yeah, but it would have an effect that would linger. Maybe some possible resentments or things could be brought up to further distance them. I hope not. I just love them so much. There's um, not a lot of warmth there, I'll say. Not a lot of warmth left. And Norbela knows is quite aware that she has had it up to here with Vayman shit over the last few years. Yeah, yeah, you could tell she was a little bit done with that for sure. And by a little bit, a lot bit. Well, they were both, all right, you're about to get thrown out of here, man. And he, this I found very interesting because we saw Vayman before in other episodes and he seems the kind of guy who rides a lot of his passions. He doesn't seem he's the kind of guy that has big elaborate plans ready for him. He just rushes at one thing and then another, and without a lot of concern for consequences. Seriously, insulting the strong boys in front of the king at Lena's funeral, that was a huge risk. It was amazing that he kept his tongue after that. But he comes out with this plan, and he says right away that, let me get the line here, he said, it is not a king that sits the Iron Throne these days, good sister, it's a queen. 
And he also has the speech ready to go about Corlys. And he says, a man whose ambition has brought down calamity after calamity. My brother only cares for the history books, but what of the Valarian line? Is it to be snuffed out, supplanted by the pups of House Strong? Driftmark is mine by all rights. And I, while I would your support, I do not need it. The winds have shifted. The crown has good reason to take his side. So this is not the words of Vaymond. This is Otto's words. Quite clearly over the last six years, Otto, who we see quite often time when he wins his wars by letters, and he's clearly been sending a lot of letters to Vaymond and flaming his anger about the Strongs, making promises about what happens if Corlys dies in these six years on the step zone saying, hey, Vaymond. You take a step forward, things could go real right for you. We have control of the throne, right. Viserys isn't doing good. And I thought that was a really good subtext. And it's one that I think that Rhaenys and Bela both instantly recognize. This is not Vaiman's words. I know who this came from. It came from the Iron Throne. It makes it interesting, though, that at this point to me, when you said that, it just makes me think about how they... Because originally Vaiman was a cousin and not... Corliss's brother in right. the text. That's the change they made. Making him a second son weighs more now in the situation and his anger because it's a reflection too of early in the season, Damon vying for power in a way, I would say. Oh, also, and the behind the episode, Vayman's actor, Emily of the Eerie says this in the chat of Radio Westeros fame. Vayman's actor said that he always spoke the truth and that was that has held him back his life, but it is who he is. And that's true. Vayman is speaking truth. But the way he's right. saying it, and quite clearly the strategy behind it, and it's one that Rhaenyra also instantly recognizes. She goes, this isn't Vaymond. This is somebody else. Oh yeah, I know who it is. And I thought that was interesting that Rhaenys, even knowing that, agreed to go to the Iron Throne for the petition, which is, I think, the thing that really surprised Damon and Rhaenyra. They're like, okay, I get Vaymond. What's Rhaenys doing? And they're really trying to right. figure out what exactly is going on there. So then we cut to Dragonstone, and then, now it's time for San Rixian, the dragon correspondent. Big dragon news here. What happened here? Nothing very dragony, really, was it? Oh, this is when... Okay, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the big panning shots of Dragonstone at first, but Damon, he goes to Cyrex's cave and claims three eggs. And I had no idea what that ooze was at yeah. first. I was like, weird smoking ooze? Ugh. Was it Ivan Ooze? Is this a Power Rangers <laughs> movie? What year are we in, Matt? But yeah, apparently that's how dragon eggs are laid. So we all learned something together today. The match of dragon birth, the really gross looking gooey ooze that dragon eggs come from. So three eggs. It was so dark on my TV. The egg looked to be blackish, oh, grayish, yeah. maybe green. Black, but it was also covered in black goo. So who really knows? Yeah, it was also covered in gross <laughs> goo, but three dragon eggs for the three kids i'm assuming but yeah i can't i'm stuck on the goo now matt it's but. all about the goo it is all about mm. goo. oh by the way make sure you guys slam that button we get up to 150 likes i'm putting on a silly hat and we'll go from there because yeah. last time we broke through some records on how fast people were slamming the button and was like oh shit what can i even do at this point so we're <laughs> gonna start with 150 and then we'll go from there maybe mallory would do something silly too who knows i um, have things i could i have a cape and a pokemon and stuff Perfect. in here can Excellent. you make my name have another eye please can i be really needy did i write san san Rick's... you wrote san Rick... it's a hard one it's a very hard one i've bullied you all into learning it there, san Rixian. there people Thank can actually you. find your name i wasn't i really wasn't sure what that was i was straight up wondering if that was dragon poo if it if it pooed and then yeah. laid its eggs in it to keep it warm 
I don't know why you would do that. That seems insane, but I don't know what else it, it was. Seems there are crazier things in the animal kingdom than keeping some eggs warm and poo. And they have an, a hard shell, so he, he, he can't use a, a serious hammer. I was, is this lava? What is, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think I thought it was dragon glass. As soon as he got the pick out, I'm like, oh god, is this a big prophecy episode? What's <laughs> happening? And then it was dragon eggs. I was like, ooh, surprise, bonus. But yeah, Syrax laid those eggs. So it feels to me they're saying, here's a hot take that every time Rhaenyra is pregnant, Syrax lays eggs because she's been pregnant and just had a kid. And they've mentioned dragon eggs that happened right after Joffrey was born. Yeah. Dragon Rider connection, gears are turning in my head. And really sad to see that they took away the dragon smut tapestries. Oh, um, that's yeah. really sad. That was a I shame. I know we haven't gotten to that part yet. I just wanted to note that. It's a shame. <laughs> Yeah, the synergy of the eggs to children also make, makes sense because Damon said that she's done it again. So it's in those uh -huh. six years, uh -huh. Cyrax has laid two clutches of eggs and Damon's actually really excited about this. Damon hasn't been excited about anything this entire series. Uh -huh. He's gone uh -huh. from murderous to chaotic and that's pretty much where he stayed. But he gets those three dragon eggs and he is skipping his way down dragon size. Oh. I got three eggs, guys. Everything's going great. Oh my God, I got eggs. I didn't know this is something he, he cared about. He also, what's it called when you free climb, you raw dog the mountain? You just like straight climb it <laughs> raw up. Dog That's the what mountain. He was I don't that is not the phrase. Raw dogging a mountain is not how you say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you just climb up with milk yeah. or anything, you just free climb. Yeah, when you free climb up a mountain, he was doing that. That's how thrilled he was about those eggs. I was, who is doing this when I first saw him there? Yeah, it, he was literally crawling down that little crack. You didn't see him for a little bit. You just heard him scrambling. I was like, oh, okay, there it goes. Also hands him over to the the dragon keepers who are no longer angry at Damon for being an egg thief. Now he's an egg provider and they're all yeah. cool, man. Thanks for giving us these eggs and says, go putting them in the warmer. And I had a thought about that. I'm like, so the warmers are imitating whatever it is the eggs naturally drop into. That's basically what they are. They're artificial dragon egg goo. That's basically what they're trying to do. So I think you can infer that it stays hot, I guess. That's why they do it. Yeah. I love those dudes, though. The dragon keepers seem so fun. You talk about your dream Westeros blunt rotation. I would want to be with the dragon keepers, I think. I, I think that is your natural end point. Yeah, in life. I mean, that, that's where I hang out. That's where I hang out. One day you Let's... will be a dragon keeper. I, it, it'll just happen. They're going <laughs> to need them for future happen. seasons. You're going to show up for a casting call to volunteer. Yes, I volunteer's tribute, please. Uh, don't have to just pay me. I'll like, just one do shot this. in the background. I'll slide in the poop. I'll get <laughs> murdered by fire. Just let me be there for the experience. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be amazing. I hope so. The next thing that happens is the letter from Bela. This is what we were talking about a little bit earlier, that Bela is incredibly sharp. She is incredibly smart. And she is picked up right away. Oh, I think Mallory froze. She definitely froze. I'm guessing I'm about to get a, a panic text about how everything froze. I'm going to go ahead and open the DM already and wait for it. That is unfortunate. I guess I'm just going to keep going, and when she pops back on, she pops back on. Yep, there it is. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we're just going to keep going here for a little bit. Oh, no. Oh, no. The infinite void of the cascading screens. No. Okay, we're back. <laughs> She'll jump back in. I'll put her back on. So the letter from Bela shows up, and not Rainies, by the way. This is the thing I found really interesting. It's not Rainies that's alerting Damon and Rhaenyra to what's going on with Vaim, and she's just going. It's Bela 
that is essentially acting as a spy on Driftmark for Damon. And you can assume that she's been doing this for a while. Sanrixine's going to be back in a minute. She had internet problems. No big, no worries. And I got the text of the letter here. I freeze frame this 10 times to get it. Don't, I, I was on top of this. I was not missing it. Bela wrote, Father, I write with news of Uncle Vaymond, who sails this moment for King's Landing. He plans to approach his grace, the king, on matters of succession, rights, and the sanctity of blood. He wishes for the Driftwood throne to pass to him. This is by his rights and that it is the only untainted choice, Bela. Clearly, she understands the seriousness of what he's doing and the implications, as does Damon, who instantly runs inside, runs into the into Dragonstone, not even pausing to take the dragon goo off his face. He's eared with something. I don't really know. She's Rod. Rod. This is what, yeah, this is what Rod dogging the mountain goes wrong. Sometimes you end up losing your internet connection. And I had to rewind this part a few times and go back through. So Rhaenyra enters the big hall room, whatever, in Dragonstone. It doesn't look to be the same one that the painted table is in for Daenerys or Stannis. It appears to be a different room. That was the one that Damon was in previously when he held the castle. This is the Great Hall or whatever. And you hear in the background that Jace is taking his Duolingo lessons on High Valyr. Oh, I don't have to keep looking at my face. Duh. So Maester Girardis, he they didn't name him, but that's who it is. It's Maester Girardis, is teaching Jace the history of House Targaryen, but in High Valyrian. So they're going for a double one here. I don't know about you guys. When I took foreign languages back in school, they did not teach me both history and and the foreign language at the same time. They started off with simple stuff. My name is, and I went to go to the library and stuff that. Jace, though, he is ambitious as hell. He's going for both of them. It's also pretty impressive High Valyrian from the Maester. He appears to be fluent. I don't think I would expect most Maesters to be fluent in High Valyrian. That's pretty unusual. So clearly, the Dragonstone Maester, they sent an all-star to Rhaenyra, unlike Melos, who sucked. Oh, super chat here from CIE Project, $5. Callback vibes to Kingdom of Heaven, Edward Norton as Baldwin IV with Viserys' golden mask. Absolutely, I am sure that's what they are drawing on. I actually haven't seen the Kingdom of Heaven. I'm sorry, guys. I've, I haven't been there. <laughs> oh, still no Maori. Just going to keep this one up. Yeah, thank you for the super chat. Really appreciate it. Make sure you guys also slam that MFing button for silly hat time. At some point, we'll get Mallory back. So... As she's doing this, you also see that Rhaenyra is rubbing her belly. She's pregnant for the third. This would be baby number six. This would be her third child with Damon. This comes up later, obviously. A fake out here, actually, that they're, oh, maybe this is the first baby that they had. And, it's, oh. and they snuck the Viserys and Aegon right by you. So I'm hearing from Mallory that her internet is just gone. I don't know if she's going to come back. I hope she does. That would be the shortest guest spot on my channel of all time. Hopefully she comes back. Fingers crossed on that one. Let's so yeah, again, the ambition of Jace is really on display here, and he's refusing to stop even when he's having problems with the High Valyrian lessons. He has trouble rolling his R's, which as a standard white boy, I have problems with too. I cannot roll my R's very well. Actually, that was my problem with I was trying to learn High Valyrian via Duolingo, and they was asking me make sounds that I don't know how to make. I actually, but this was also something interesting that Jace is having problems with High Valyrian. Clearly, he's been, they've been teaching him since he was a boy to learn to speak it, but he's still having trouble with it. And if you compare that to his mother, you compare that to, to Rhaenyra. By this age, around the same age, 
Rhaenyra is fluent in High Valyrian. She had been speaking it most of her life. It was described as her, her love language with Daemon when she was a little kid, and then which was continues to be creepy. But Jace is having problems with it. So I'm wondering if this is a shorthand the show is doing to tell us that Jace is maybe not quite as smart as his mother. Obviously, his father is Breakbones Harwin Strong, and Breakbones is not the member of the Strong family known for his brains. He's known for breaking bones <laughs> and being huge and strong and physically imposing. Laris is the one, and Lionel are the ones that took all the brains. So I'm wondering if that's what they're doing here. But to Jace's credit, he's not giving up. He's not letting it frustrate him, nor is Rhaenyra. And Rhaenyra is him to not get frustrated take a break you're not going to learn it all in one day and he's no i have to learn this he said a king should honor the traditions of his forebears which is also an interesting line because it tells us a lot about what's going on in jace's brain that he has not embraced being a valarian but he, or a strong he's gone the other way and he's going all in targaryen he'll never look valarian but he is a targaryen through and through and that's what he's hanging his hat on i guess He's going to try and make that a thing. Oh, $5 super chat from Emily. Thank you so much. Love that they developed Girardi. He's a great character in Fire and Blood. Makes sense that Rhaenyra would want him to see Ceres. Dude knows his stuff. Yeah, he appears to be the most competent maester we've seen so far. At least the most intellectual. That he just... Son rejoined. Oh, Mallory's back. I think she is. Hi. Hello, Mallory. I'm oh. Love it. I don't really know what happened there. Hang on, I'll put you back on in a second. Oh, gotta switch these. There we go. She's back. We did it, guys. We did it. I Reddit. made it. It was just my internet straight went out. I'm sorry. That happens sometimes. I'm going to abandon you. I can handle streaming on my own. I don't know if you've seen it over the last couple of years. Actually, the, my favorite one was the time I was on Radio Westeros and everything they had crashed. And I just became a solo Matt stream on their channels. <laughs> All right, here we go. Done raw dogging the mountain, that's right. <laughs> I was looking for dragon eggs. I got lost in the wilderness. I lost my reception. The goo got on the router. Nobody likes it when the goo gets on the router. <laughs> exactly. Oh, hat time. We're doing hat time. Oh, this is going to look a little funny because I'm wearing headphones Ooh. today, but maybe we'll actually sit correctly then. Will it? It's a little floppy. The hat's a little floppy today. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Yeah. That's what she said. My oh, job. I got it backwards. Okay. Can he do it, ladies and gentlemen? I'm doing it with a tiny little camera thing all right so it looks a little silly but we're gonna roll with this thank you all for slamming the button at 200 likes we're gonna go ahead and give away a threadless code to get something from my shop which is designed by this lady over here everything on my threadless shop came from her so actually she's got a little bit of a including this That's delicious right. blanket here, the, which the is waffles. my favorite threadless product ever i'm really bad with cameras but it's, yeah, it it's is a really good blanket. Quality, quality blanket. Get the big one if I've, you buy one. Just I've spend got one too. 20 bucks. It's very fuzzy and good. Where we just were, I was talking about Jace being taught High Valyrian. And I was saying that I think this is an indication that he's Harwin's son much more than Rhaenyra's. That he Rhaenyra was fluent in High Valyrian well before this and he's struggling. Harwin's not a mm -hmm. big brain guy. He's a big muscle guy. So I think that's what he's they're going strong, at here. Man. But he's a, he's a himbo in progress, I would say Jace is. But he's trying, trying so hard. He's got a like, really good learn. heart. And I think they showed that off. He, they also made him look a dork. They gave him the worst haircut I've ever seen. I think that's on purpose. They also had him walk with a slight. He wasn't standing up straight. He had his shoulders forward a lot. So I think he's obviously quite, they're trying to show that he's 
self-conscious about the fact that everyone knows he's a bastard, but he's trying hard to be, I may not be a Valarian, but I am a Targaryen. And that's the whole point of this scene. I thought it was really good. Yeah, he really is taking his duty seriously. He's, he seems like he's a good kid. You said they do a good job of showing he's got a good heart. Even in the previous episodes, they've done a good job. The way he was comforting Reyna and Bela at Lena's funeral was really sweet. And it's these kids were raised with a lot of love is, I was saying this to Pat while we were watching, I was, you have these children, the strong boys being shown the love of Harwin and Lenor mm-hmm. and Renera, and then Alicent and Viserys, Viserys, very busy with king stuff i guess all the time still loves his kid but doesn't specifics but then alicent just cold with them almost resentful in a way i get it girl she's it would be hard to have difficult children i'm not a mother i can't speak to that but i would say it would be hard to have difficult kids but she just she's raising them differently than i think renera is very clearly so i don't know if that's me reading too much into it or what but that's what i was getting from that yeah, I think that's I think that's the inversion they're going for that you would expect based on their reputations that Aegon would be Rhaenyra's kid and that Jace would be Alicent's in terms of the sort of the values that they seem to espouse, but it's gone the other way. Rhaenyra is act I'm okay, not accidentally, but as the circumstances of her life, she's doing a really good job. They're all doing a really good job raising their kids and preparing them to rule, and Alicent is not for the reasons you just talked about. I think that's a clever choice by them to, that's not something that's really in Fire and Blood. And it's something that I think that they've really expanded their characters and it shows up well. That's one of the things that I'm really enjoying about this is how Fire and Blood, this is, for people who haven't read it, this might seem obvious, but it's a very kind of cold telling where we don't get the gray. So seeing all of the gray is making me love all of these characters. Have we gotten to the dinner scene yet? Not even close. Okay, we're not even close, but the way that Aemond just looks at Damon. Oh, I'm sorry, it was earlier. It's when Damon gets killed. The way Aemond looks at Damon there, we can just do that. The way that they're characterizing and adding so much to all of these characters, I love. I really am enjoying yeah. characters that in the books, I just had more of a takeaway of, oh, I don't like that character or I don't enjoy this. Obviously, this is right. This is wrong. The thing we loved about Game of Thrones was we got to see so much gray. So I thought we have this reflection. Speaking of wholesome characters, I guess, we also got to see baby Joffrey looking very oh, yeah. hard Not a lot there. They just, Joffrey exists. All right, cool. Then we get to the meat of the scene. Oh, also, I want to go back. I forgot to say this. I transcribed what Jace is saying in High Valyrian, and there's actually a really interesting part of this. So what he's saying in High Valyrian is the Conqueror and his sisters sailed with a great army and landed at Blackwater Rush. Aegon ordered that the tree should be felled. Tree. What tree? What are we talking about? What tree? What tree? Oh, it's 2018. Because the weirwood's there. Bullshit again. The weirwood's already there. What is? What did? What tree did Aegon order cut down? I look through Fire and Blood. I look through the wiki. I don't know what this is about. This seems to be something. <sighs> did he order the weirwood cut down and it just never happened? And Interesting. and why does Girardi smell it? And why is he teaching it to Jace? I don't know what's going on. I listened back. I was wondering if it was trees in order to clear the landscape, but I don't think that's it. it I heard one tree. I don't know what the fuck that's about. That's going to be something I'll probably be exploring a little bit. Typical I, Joe Magician yeah. that I'm going to take one sentence and be like, right, okay, what, what are you talking about? What tree is this? That's so interesting, though. I literally just re-listened to the first couple chapters of Fire and Blood about the conquest. Mm, nothing. And I definitely don't remember hearing about a tree in my listen. I have a terrible memory, but I didn't. 
that I want, what do you think in your heart it is? What does your heart tell you about the trees? I think that it's the weirwood that's in the Red Keep. He ordered it cut down and for some reason it didn't happen because they've set up the antagonism between the weirwoods and the Targaryen, I think already with Laris. And they definitely mm-hmm. did that in the main series. So it would make sense to me if the if Aegon, if he's magically attuned, if he realizes that the Weirwoods are not his friends, which they're not. They're nobody's friends. Right. They are not even the friends of the humans. They are the friends of themselves. So it would be a really interesting insight if that's what it's talking about. Obviously, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get I didn't get closed captions when I was trying to record this. So I'm pretty sure it was singular tree. I'm going to go back and double check it. I don't know what it's about. Still very interesting. It also could to be put it in. Or... You don't have to put that right. in. Why put that in the scene? Yeah. What's that mean? What's this little tree secret that you're teasing us with? That's I'd love doing it. that shit. Uh, so we get to the meat of the scene. And this is Bela's letters. Letter lies. Uh, letter arrives. I can speak. I'm a YouTuber. And obviously both of them catch on immediately. They're like, this isn't Vaymond. This is Otto. They're making a pl- Rhaenyra actually the inverse of what they just did with Jace. They show that she is has done a lot more into sort of thinking high-mindedly and politically. And she instantly goes, this isn't about Driftmark. This is about me. This is about Jace. They're going to try and push me off the throne with this. We have to go to King's Landing. Otherwise, we're screwed. Which, yeah, true. That is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it is. At first, I was, you're making it a little bit about you, but then it's, yeah, that's absolutely what's going on. Correct. She knows Allison. She yeah. knows Otto. She understands yeah. that something is wrong with her father. They allude to that, that Viserys is basically out to dinner at this point, that he has no role in the government anymore. It is, I understand on one hand that they're definitely showing us that Rhaenyra has grown politically and thinking strategically, but she clearly, her and Damon know this has been going on in the Red Keep and they've done nothing to check it. So this is on one hand, good for Rhaenyra understanding what's happening, bad for Rhaenyra that kind of Viserys that she saw the problem and did nothing to do, to try and stop it, which is right. typical for her as a character. You have to look no further than who her inspiration is for how to do things. This is what Viserys would do in her spot too. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. Whoops. Whoops Oopsie on that deals. one. They decide, we're all going to King's Landing. Everyone's going in. They jump in the boat. I also thought this was interesting that they have the royal boat, which is obviously at this point in the episode, you haven't seen Viserys. You don't really know what's wrong with him, but they have taken possession of it. The thing that he used to sail around in all the time. So this is a subtle hint as we're getting into the episode that he's he is really not doing anything. That He is in rough shape and they know it. And the fact that they didn't take their dragons is also telling, I guess they're trying to take their whole family so they would need the boat and it'd be hard to strap three babies onto two dragons at this point. But I guess Jason, yeah, yeah Jason. Arax and, and, and Tyrax, Vermax and Arax are big enough now, I think, to ride. So they could. Yeah, they should be. They wouldn't be at the dragon they pit. They would be back on Dragonstone. Dragons. Yeah. But I, I guess maybe they didn't want to go out to the dragon mount and find them and then get everybody ready to go they just jumped on the boat and left maybe slower but yeah, uh, I mean, whatever it's more practical for families i'm just thinking because it's showing a more a more tamed or not tamed i don't want to say tamed that's the wrong word but more of a, a gentle we were talking about earlier how damon looks really happy and he's skipping up that mountain this is a Damon that feels he feels more content than he did with lena to me at least that's what i'm getting from matt smith's performance there inscrutable most of the time that was the one time he showed a lot of joy 
in the chat dr debunk says if you put on the subtitles it's the word trees maybe the yeah the trees so the reason before. i didn't have subtitles is i talked about this last week hbo started giving me screeners so i saw it ahead of time they have no subtitles so there's a lot of guesswork in trying to figure these <laughs> things out as you're watching ahead of time it's what did they say you crank the volume put your headphones on as tight as you can rewatch it five times i'm like i think it said one tree i don't know if it was two so some of these quotes that i read may be off or some of the stuff be just because it's a reality of what it's getting those things unfortunately maybe it's if it's all if it's a bunch of trees then it makes sense to clear to clear for the agon fort i am still curious why you even put that in that is not crucial information they could have had him say anything the trees and the targaryens are definitely an antagonistic re relationship so it's something we're never gonna get you off of trees is never really never everybody well, for those of you who are discovering joe magician's channel for the first time recently, go back and listen to all of the tree streams. This man has tree thoughts. It's OG Joe Magician stuff, but yeah. <laughs> I can't. It's good. I like it. Many trees. Are you thoughts. not in so bad your hat came off? <laughs> I was agreeing so much with how much I love trees. So yeah, they go back to the Red Keep. So obviously things don't go well for Rhaenyra. They show up. There's literally no one there to see them. Quite clearly a dig from Otto. He had he knew they were coming. He obviously he would know as soon as they landed. Oh, they're here. And he ordered no welcome party. And he also ordered the Kingsguard to announce them to air, which was a real dig. And it's quite clear that from what happens later with the Valarians, that Otto let it know that nobody shows up. I'm sure some people would have showed up for Rhaenyra being there. Only Lord Caswell is the one that probably broke orders more or less and said i'm so happy to see rhaenyra i am her number one stan i'm on twitter posting posting all the the videos uh, and he's a demira shipper and all these things he loves her so he shows up he opens the door he's like rhaenyra finally it's oh that's sweet she's here <laughs> finally she's come back to me i've missed her of course bless lord caswell yeah the, this is this the first shots we get of Alicent and her green Cersei, where she's really serving mm -hmm. the Queen of the Southern Kingdoms vibe. I loved the costumes in this episode. I thought were so good. Rhaenyra's red dress with the lace sleeves sure. that she had, and then this dress I just thought were fantastic. Really cool. Oh yeah, the her business attire. Yes. One thing before we get to that though is that they walk into the Red Keep and all the sex tapestries are gone. The dragon sex tapestries are gone. The Targaryen sigils are gone. And as you said, Alicent has replaced them with Faith of the Seven iconography, including just one huge one hanging the chandelier in the entrance way. Rhaenyra says, I would say it's nice to be home, but I scarcely recognize it. It's again, they're making the point that this is no longer the red keep this is the green keep it's a lot it's real loud viserys was so excited about those tapestries on the earlier episodes it's part of i don't know i just i thought it was really cool i thought it was really interesting we got to see the red keep looking more this so just as a viewer i'm just upset that those tapestries and those decorations are gone because it was different and now we're back to more of a faith of the seven but i know that's yeah, this, where we're going this is a lot more but game of thrones red keep Right. And the Lannisters took control. This is a lot more what it was. They also specifically in the small council room replaced the thing above the king's seat. There's another seven pointed star there. And you said Allison's wearing her green ranger. She's a green power ranger. She suit. is. She's she, Tommy. She, she's Tommy. She's got a, the dagger. Oh my God. 
Yes, it's the dragon summoning dagger. Yeah, you play it the flute, right? The sideways. Oh, Come on, God. you play it sideways. I tried. I haven't fluted in a long time. I'm not Lizzo. I'm not that cool. <laughs> She's also got her hair pulled back, which is, I think, is an important thing because they're very much trying to make her seem like Cersei, the green Cersei. Mm -hmm. When Cersei took power in Game of Thrones, obviously her hair was short because it got cut off during the her walk of shame, but they're visually trying to remind you of this. They're like, she has become the evil queen, basically. It's more of a stern look, more of a blunt, forceful. Whereas Rhaenyra looks the same. She still has her long braids. She's still wearing her beautiful dresses. It's Alicent the one that is the one that has changed. We also meet yeah. the new small council, Jasper Wilde, the Iron Rod, otherwise known as the Dick. The asshole. The Iron Rod right. has a lot of connotations to it, but it's mostly that he's a prick. Lord Beesbury's still there, <laughs> holding it down. He's still hanging on, yeah. Lord Beesbury. Yeah. Love Grand Grandpa. Grandmaster Orwile, much better than Mellows, and much less a toady of Otto. He, he actually talks back to him, which is not something Mellows ever did. Tylan Lannister as Master of Ships. They look, they all dress Otto now. They all have the same, the vest and the large shoulders, and they all have the necklace thing that he's wearing. Very gaudy necklaces. Even Tylan Lannister in particular, he has his hair in particular really slicked back, Otto does. So it's quite clear this is Otto's counsel, not Allison's, even though she's the one sitting in the king's spot. But that's how the relationship goes. Otto's the one that actually rules, not the person in the king's seat. Love to see it. Uh, he's, yeah, I do, I will say, like, the greens do have a really good fit. All of them always look great. <laughs> they do like, look good. I got They're a team. It. Helena's dress was a little frumpy, but she probably made it herself and did her best. So oh, I, that is very sweet. I love her so much. She is very she good. Big. She makes a good impression this episode. The thing that Beesbury does is a classic Beesbury fashion. He goes over the coppers. Nobody gives a shit. But the thing that comes up is that Highland, Otto, Allison, and Jasper Wilde are all in on the plan. They all are aware of what's going to happen the second anything bad happens to Corlys because they basically have a script they go through, which takes Orwile and Beesbury by surprise, where they're like, oh, if the Snee Snake dies, then obviously there's a succession crisis. And Orwile and Beesbury are like, what? Why? What are you guys talking about? Yeah. We haven't talked about the this. Beesbury just came back so quick and was like, that doesn't change his right to inherit. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a good moment out of Beesbury. They showed him as being out of it in a similar way to Viserys, mm -hmm. but he argues back. And I actually thought it was really funny because Tylan's like, he won't be a very good admiral. I am Tylan Lannister. I'm the master of ships. I know how to do it. And Beesbury's like, what does that matter? And Tylan's like, Otto, help. He said yeah, a thing. Dude. Help Otto. Help. Get him. Sick him. Get him, boy. <laughs> Which Otto does. And Jasper, actually, Jasper Wilde comes back and says, oh, there's a question of succession. They're going to hear petitions. Beesbury is a furious setting up things for the future. Spoilers that we won't talk about. But uh, Kim and Oral are the ones that are really speaking up against this. And they realize that there's a fixes in. And they're not super happy about it. We also get to meet the Cargyle twins. We see Eric and Arik. Of course, Alicent can't tell them apart. Classic stuff. I don't even know which is which. They should wear an E and an A. <laughs> At this point. It would help. They're would really they're easier. really just going to fuck with us the whole time with this. Yeah, they definitely are. Let's see here. What's the next one? Ah, we get to see Viserys. What's going on with Viserys? Things aren't going good, are they, Mallory? Oh my gosh. The amount of time on poor Viserys. I get that where we have to see how bad he's doing and... I thought what they did makeup CGI wise was pretty good. I was upsetting spaghetti. I didn't looking at it. I just, 
I felt so bad for him. He's so clearly suffering so bad mm. from his disease, which has just progressed so, so far at this point. He's got, what would we say, days left, question mark? Uh, not Hours? long. It's clearly he's only not, hanging on because he wants to. Yeah, and this is where I started to get emotional, as as we were mentioning earlier. Just the way that he has made us feel that he really cares about his family throughout these earlier episodes. Patty's performance is just... It's rough. Poor Viserys. And they made it so that his chambers reflect him. We see the completed Valyria sculpture, but it is covered in cobwebs. Mm -hmm. There are open books that have clearly not been touched in years. There's cups where he left them the last time he was able to touch it, which was quite clearly a long time ago. Also, that nobody's really taking care of him outside of probably Allison. Nobody's coming yeah. through and dusting this stuff. Nobody's coming in here to see him. They all know that he is, that the, his time is coming. That, and as you said, he has uh, bandages over his right eye and face. He's in bed, he's incoherent. He doesn't recognize Rhaenyra. He doesn't recognize Damon. Actually, a return, recurring motif that the, his sight in his left eye is so bad. A callback to Jaehaerys, actually, that he doesn't even know who he's talking to. And he's, he's although th this comes up, the reason he has no idea who he's talking to, Damon discovers, is because he's basically been given nothing but milk of the poppy every day to ease his pain. I'm sure that's why Allison's doing it, but it's not why Otto's doing it. Otto quite clearly understands that he is drugging the king so that he cannot make decisions and he's ruling in his place, which is what Vaiman was allu alluding to. Yeah, he's just withered away at this point, too. If they're not feeding him or give, he's asking for, he called it tea and it was like, he so thought it clearly was tea. something. Yeah, he thought it was tea and it's, he's obviously just in a opioid coma, just saying, just basically waiting for him to tie it. Felt super disrespectful the way that. Everything was shot from far away, so you could see all the linens all over, just looking drab and sad and very still, very close. It, it gave me a big The Veil vibes on the edge. I, I, the whole episode, I know in the text when he dies, but the whole episode, I was just waiting for him to drop. Yeah. It's going to be now. It's going to be now. They're going to do it to us. He just, poor party dad. I described Viserys to my brother as party dad, thinking before they did the show that they were going to go a different way with him and his performance. And so... He goes and tells his friends, yeah, my sister calls him Party Dad, and I don't know why. And we just caught up on all the episodes, so Aaron's going to go watch this, and I'm like, you're going to get to see that. And that's not a party at all. This is not a good time. There's a oh. comment on YouTube that says what I was about to say, where a fire inside Brad says, having recently lost my grandfather after a several-year several long battle with Parkinson's, and the degradation that brings the episode hit me so damn hard, it's not even funny. Patty Considine did a flawless job here. Man deserves an award. Yeah, I lost my last grandparent in the spring. And this is when I started crying when I watched the episode because it was pitch perfect for what it's seeing somebody die in hospice care in the modern world. It was it was very tough to watch. And he did an incredible job. But they also they did a redux of the Aemon scenes from, from Game of Thrones, Aemon's death scenes. The, mm -hmm. the blocking's exactly the same. The conversation kind of goes the same way, where Samwell and by and then Rhaenyra and Daemon are trying to engage the dying Targaryen, but their f attention is frayed and they're, they don't really know what's going on. Daemon, though, pushes the issue and he says, Aemon is going, Otto's going to use Vaemon to disinherit your grandchildren you have to do something about this you have to stand up for luceris because of x rhaenyra looks a little annoyed at him 
but he goes into it. He discovers the milk of the tea, the milk of the poppy that he's been drinking all the time. But I think maybe the sweetest part of this episode, and there are a lot of sweet moments. It was very sad, but it was also sweet. They really put the bittersweet in here. And it's yeah. the reveal that Rhaenyra is actually on kids six. We get this, we yeah. get to meet. Uh, little Aegon and little Viserys and Viserys gets to meet his grandchildren for the first time which tells you how long it's been he says he doesn't remember the last time he saw them and I thought that in particular his scene with baby Viserys was the best because Rhaenyra says here's Aegon he goes oh Aegon what a good name and then she says and this is Viserys and you can see him come back to life and he laughs and he says a name fit for a king and he reaches out and he scares the kids because of the condition he's in which is mm, rough. It's rough, but that's, that's exactly rough. what happened yeah. with Eamon. It was little Sam or Eamon Steel song in the books that was really the thing that anchored him and the thing that really brought him joy during the end. And you saw that with Viserys and Patty really had that come through. Bad time for this, but we're going to run a giveaway because we just hit 200 likes. So Yay. let's be sad about Eamon and Viserys together, everybody. There we go. It's uh, ours. So keyword is going to be Eamon. Type Amen in chat, and if you will go at stone for your throat, my friends. Yeah, eleven twenty. We'll go ahead and roll and give it away. If you've won recently, try not to enter. I'm not gonna. How dare you? That kind of thing. But be kind to everyone else. So type Amen in chat if you want to win a free shirt from my Threadless shop. So yeah, and then we'll go to let's see, two hundred nineteen likes at the moment. Four hundred thirty-one people. Hello, everybody. So let's go Hi. for 275 likes. I will switch hats and Mallory will do something too of her own accord because she's her own damn woman and I don't tell her what to do. I've got a cape. There you go. Perfect. My my murder, my murder. You got your cape, chaos like, cloak? It's, which is the theme. Yeah, yeah. obviously. As a, it's Targaryen colors, yeah. of course. I'm ready. I'm prepared. <laughs> going to go do some crimes. Going to do crime. Thing. There you go. But yeah, the, this was the second saddest part of the episode but also the happiest it really did show the care that they went back and they recreated book aemon this was not the show aemon this was book aemon being recreated with viserys with the next generation and the one after it and as as you guys may know that is my favorite chapter and also my least favorite chapter because it is incredibly hard to read but it pulls on my heartstrings so that's what they did here it was a big Joe Magician flavored episode. Isn't everyone got is every, excited about a tree? Every episode is my is mine apparently with hot yeah. D. They're just they're uh-huh. catering to me in particular. I um, feel that the way that this show has hit so many things that I feel the book fans and us nerds who are just we breathe this stuff, I feel they've done a really good job in a lot of ways and it makes me happy and I'm getting excited and being happy about things. Yeah. As well, we just talked about being really sad, let's be happy for a minute about Viserys. Go from see. let's go from sad and happy to straight up anger. And this is of <laughs> course the Aegon subplot. So we go to Allison's chamber and there's a servant girl there crying. Allison is told that there was an incident in the prince's apartments. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to go through the conversations beat by beat, but the long and the short of it is that Aegon grabbed the servant girl from behind and raped her. That's what we're supposed to understand. I don't know how far it went, but quite clearly the girl is devastated. And Allison is does maybe her worst thing that she's done in the show so far, I would say. Because the implication it is was, that for the tea, right? It's, it wasn't moon yeah, tea, was it? That girl's, it was moon tea. No, that girl's gone. She's dead. Oh, you think she murdered her? They In the next oh. scene with Helena, she wears Diana. And Allison hugs her. 
It's because oh, Allison, Allison feels guilty about what she just did. The girl's gone. She's either out of the castle or that. she's dead. One of the two. I took that to be it was moon tea so that if she was pregnant, she wouldn't be pregnant. And then she hugged Helena because she was really upset with Aegon for treating his wife, which is also her daughter. Well, so the clues that I took. I believe you. I believe you. I'm just saying that is. I didn't realize nobody. Else, I didn't realize that was I picked that up in other people. And so I'm just going to go through the other ones. There's a thing where Diana says that I won't say anything. And Allison gives this really sad look and says, I know you won't, which is quite typical for I know you won't because you're she about to mind. die. She has Lara Strong there to take care of it if she wants to. Also, she she gives her the moon tea. Yeah, I was surprising Larriston show for this one. Uh, she also poured the tea and gave it to the girl, to Diana. And there's a weird look from not only from Allison, but also Talia, her servant, who I found out is one of the producers. That's why she keeps getting screen oh, time. Cool. They both have this troubled look on their face about what they're about to do. And yeah, I'm pretty sure the that was not moon tea. I'm pretty sure that girl is dead or gone. One of the two because so this could be sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no, you, it's okay. it, what i'm it could it be they're showing either if she straight up murked her in her warrior cersei dress which good for her for taking a little bit of power back but is it more they're kind of setting up she is doing things on her own now and she's she has laris in her back pocket but she's becoming more and more of a powerful player as we yeah. are seeing things going why am i just stating the obvious now thank you for taking me on this journey of understanding what happened to poor diana because i missed that so people in the chat are asking why give her the why give her the gold if you're going to kill her. It's so that she'll drink just the tea. Take it back. Yeah. She's not losing anything. She's just going to take it back afterwards. I think if you go girl. back and you watch Allison's face, Olivia Cook, I think she's extremely troubled by what she's doing. Talia is as well. The tea looks funny and they specifically show her pouring it so you can see the color of it, which is a weird choice mm -hmm. as well and that she personally did it. It looked thick. Yeah. Like almost it was creamy in some way, which would be, yeah, could be poison, probably. Yeah, give her the money and get and imply it's moon tea, the so that she'll actually drink it. So you don't have to do, you don't have to force her, you don't have to force Laris to do Laris things. I wouldn't be surprised if she got kyburned, if she finds her way into the black cells, if she's not dead right now. Nothing good happened there. She did not pay off that girl to keep to to keep her mouth forever. She knows she's not going to say anything ever again. And the implications of that are not good. And especially because uh, uh, Diana says, I won't tell anybody. And Allison comes back with, he told three people, meaning that she doesn't believe yeah. her. She's like, girl's traumatized. I feel awful for this girl. Poor thing. But she was clearly traumatized. Thinks she didn't tell anybody. Obviously blabbed to three people already. I see that clearly Allison would be ready and to do some murder on her own and maybe not release her murder hobo. Maybe keep him in the back pocket for a while. Yeah, literally could be kyburned one of the ways. I'm curious. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to put this in the chat. I'm going to put up a poll. That was my reading, but maybe it's wrong. So what happened to Diana? Also, we're going to roll the thing. A bunch of people. Remember, aim in the chat if you want to win a, a free shirt. Dead. Gone. <laughs> All right. Okay. So black cells. Dead. Black cells. Paid off. So those are your three options. I think she's dead. But I'm, she might be in the black cells with Laris. That's definitely what they're trying to get you to think about with this scene. Cersei does the same thing, especially right. in the books. This is what she does to Lady Stokeworth, I think. I just did not pick that up. Just poor girl, man. Really making Aegon look real skeezy. 
And I think it would make sense for Allison because she, as a character, she has decided that there's she's playing the ugly game. There's nothing she won't do to put egg on the Iron Throne. She would kill a servant girl if it meant that nobody ever found out about what he did. Because that she then goes to his chambers and hits him and is furious. And he did a terrible thing, but I think she's also furious about what she just had to do to clean up for him. She's really frustrated, I feel, and she's... She does, she's a child thrown into raising children, and I don't want to forgive her, but also I can be understanding because it just seems she has had so much shit in her life, and then she gets stuck with these weirdo little kitties. Uh, let's Got roll, the let's bug girl, jerk-off window boy. Wheezy skis, squeeze box, by the way. Wheezy squeeze box, winning yourself a free shirt, so send me a DM on Easy. Twitter, or you can send me a email at askjoemagician.com. I'll send you a code. Congratulations, buddy. I am. I will follow the discourse on this one. I'm fairly certain she's dead or in the black cells, but I could be wrong. But I think Curtis Franks makes a good point in the chat where they said, Curtis said, your reading is definitely the one they want the episode, the one, definitely the one that the audience to at least worry about. And I think even if we never get confirmation, come on. <laughs> Allison is doing anything about. for Aegon at this point. Maybe she'll show up later. Maybe she'll get Jane pooled or something show up in Mysarius brothels or something i just don't think we're gonna see her again i think she's gone we don't have time yeah we got a lot of story to tell yeah (laughs) still so 275 likes by the way gonna put on a different silly hat now he's gonna put on a a thing okay yeah i thought this scene was really hard to watch i really felt for diana allison's lines were absolutely victim blaming she's i believe you but other people won't because boy it was just the two of you alone are you sure you didn't yeah, seduce him i was like holy shit are they... you sure you didn't do this oh it my was, god was... i believe you but just fun. in case oh my god allison <laughs> olivia cook has expressed in many interviews that she hates allison so i think this is one of yeah. the scenes that probably made that opinion happen here we go i'm ready to do murders when she called her the MAGA queen or something that's like, yeah she's allegedly said that she plays her a woman for trump or something along yeah that's basically that was her thing so yeah. then we go to Aegon's scene Aegon sucks once again we see his butt for some reason for some reason both actors were seeing Aegon's butt naked butt i don't really know why this is this <laughs> ba- theme this is kind of kick the dog thing for Aegon, where they wanted you to hate him so they sacrificed this character they made up diana in order to have him be so nonchalant about the clear rape that we're supposed to understand that he did when he's oh it's just a bit of fun what's her problem doesn't he remember doing it allison's hey dipshit remember diana the servant he's oh yeah (laughs) wow do you suck Aegon? they are really burying the evil meter on him so I've been saying for a while that the people who buy, I made a Team Rhaenyra and a Team Aegon shirt, and the people who buy the Team Aegon one are going on a list. <laughs> Please note that now applies to you show watchers, first time story doers. That list now applies. He's officially, they're officially trying the arguments of this person hasn't done anything wrong yet. They're starting to do things wrong. Yeah, things are not going good for Aegon. We also see that Allison slaps the shit out of him because he is being a prick. He deserves it. But also this is the contrast Jason Rhaenyra. This is what they're doing with that one. That uh, She also right. delivers the Tywin line and says, you're no son of mine. And you can see how much that hurts Aegon where they're contrasting Aegon with Tyrion, which is not a way I thought they would go. I don't think, okay, Tyrion does this in the books. He's a much worse person, but I don't think he is quite object as abjectly evil as Aegon is being portrayed but it's interesting that they're right. drawing the comparison between Tywin to Alicent and Aegon to Tyrion it's really it is 
pretty interesting that they're doing that. I think Tyrion's treatment of women is significantly better than Aegon's treatment of women. Yeah. But not Alicent, Book Tyrion. Book Tyrion does not do a good job. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. There's instances. I thought the line that really hit, though, is Aegon, after being told he's not his mother's son, he gets up, he's wearing the sheet over his dick, which apparently the actors have all practiced a lot at this point. They're all aware that, all right, so you're going to have to covertly cover your dick with your some sort of very sheer cloth or something. That Matt Smith nailed that one so far. He said, I did not ask for this. I've done everything you've asked me. I've tried so hard, but it's never enough for you or your father or for father. And it's, yeah. did you try that hard, Aegon? It doesn't seem like you've tried that hard. It seems you're whining because every instance we've seen of you since you were a toddler is you being an absolute fuckhead. I, mean, I don't like, think I he's think, trying. No, he's just like, he's very privileged. And I feel like he takes advantage of all those privileges at all times that he can. Mm. I don't think he has a lot of respect for his mom. I think he acts, he does, and he plays a part. But even at the dinner table, we haven't gotten to the dinner table yet but well, halfway he's through. still just a straight dick i'm sorry i just really that scene no it's I a really good one we're gonna get to that one that's gonna be a big focal <laughs> point and i think the yeah. thing that i was talking about with why i definitely think diana's dead is that helena shows up and she's much more with it than she was in the last two episodes she has had two kids at this point at least because she asked where's diana and she says it very sweetly and and helena is just a perfect angel she doesn't deserve aegon aegon quite clearly abuses her and I think the implication from Allison's reaction is that Diana is probably Helena's only friend. Because oh, as yeah. soon as she says, where's Diana? Allison looks at her with these, Olivia Cook looks at her with these huge puppy dog eyes. She looks, she's about to cry. She runs over and she gives Helena this huge hug. And I think it's, I think she, she also says, I'm sorry. I think she apologized. And it's, what are you apologizing for, Allison? I'm probably because she just disappeared her, Helena's only friend. Because she knows her by name. We haven't seen basically anyone else name a servant, have we? It's just Helena. Yeah. I just think that that could have been her apologizing to her daughter for the treatment her son. Could have been too. Yeah. Her son too. But yeah, it, could, it can be read both ways. And I do think now that you pointed that out, that they, we are probably supposed to read that as. The girl's at least deaded. Yeah, she's no longer a part of the narrative as far um, as we're concerned. And be real easy to get that gold back if you throw her in the black cells or she drank some poison. Yeah. I think people should definitely go back and watch the whole sequence and how Olivia Cook looks completely upset with herself at what she's doing. And I think that's the proof you need. They're not going right. to say it. They're, yeah, doing she, a, they're doing a lot with acting rather than dialogue in the series. She was very tense and her eyes were, she was very having a moment going through it. Knew what she had to do, but it was still difficult for her to get through it. Yeah. I can see that. I also wanted to stop real quick. I wanted to thank some new patrons, Katrina Bleckley and Leanne. Thank you guys for signing up. And also, I wanted to do a different kind of promo thing. And my cool shirt, it's from the Warner Brothers shop. It's a dragon eye with a the iron throne in the middle. Hang on. Let me just stand up and do this so you can see it. Looks pretty cool. Um, cool. So I've got an affiliate link if you guys want to check it out. Anything that you get from the their shopping, including shirts, mugs. Let me drop this in the chat. Funko Pops. They have tons of Funko Pops coming out in pre-sales on that stuff. So if you want to get any of that, use that link and you'll help me out. I actually, I have not really been into a lot of official Game of Thrones merch in the past. I didn't think they were great, but they've put a lot of effort and they've hired some, honestly, some pretty good graphic designers for this one. So 
There's also a really good uh, a mug and a t-shirt they have with Viserys' crown where you can see all the different sigils on it and stuff like that. So definitely check that one out. The link is in the description if you don't see it in the chat or if you're watching this backwards. That's my promo for this episode. No more Audible yeah. or Amazon because everybody else does those. Yeah, I have liked some of the stuff that they've come out with. I'm going to say something controversial. The Hot Topic. Oh, yeah, Hot Topic. Like, it's the same stuff. stuff. It's yeah. on both shops. It's the same stuff? Yeah. Okay, because they have a they have a couple tops where I was, yeah, that, that could yeah. work. Like, yeah, that could work. For all of our con parties where we're modern versions of different Targaryens, you got to have the stuff to wear, man. Yeah. I also, going back to the episode, I definitely felt horrible for Helena here. It is quite clear that she has been the victim of Aegon pretty much these last six years in every way she talks about it later but we do learn that she already has at least two kids so this is likely jahara and jaharis unclear if maylor is alive yet but if not they'll probably introduce him they snuck a lot of kids in this episode so don't be surprised if they just show up out of nowhere probably pretty soon yeah if not already born ish yeah. close gotta be so we jump back here to Viserys's bedchamber where Damon and Rhaenyra haven't left, but Alicent shows up after having dealt with Diana and Aegon and Helena. So she's having not a great day already, and it's clearly weighing on her. And she walks in and they have this conversation about what's going on with Viserys. And Damon, this is a callback to Lionel Strong. When he arrived on Driftmark and he was Lionel's, where is everybody? And he understood it's an insult. Damon says the same thing here. Boy, Allison, why was nobody there to meet us? And she, and Renera actually saves her briefly and goes, oh, I'm sure being a ruler is very busy. Backhanded compliment, but still. Allison has no explanation. It's clear it was an insult. And, um, but Allison does something strange here where she says, I do not rule. My father and I are stewards of the king's will and wisdom. I didn't expect that from her. I thought she was gonna. I thought she was gonna be much more upfront about the fact that she is basically the queen of the realm. I feel she to Rhaenyra still wants to come off as just doing her duty and very mm -hmm. much being a good girl. Still, yeah, some shred of the friend that was left. Like so mm -hmm. she's no, we're just we're doing what we're supposed to do right now. Yeah, I'm trying to just defend herself in that position and coming sure. from a place of being no, I'm right, I'm good. It makes when you do the evil things. How much worse, yeah. yeah, so much worse. Stings twice as bad. It sure does. Allison, Damon, and the rear then come back at her and basically accuse her of drugging Viserys to ruin his place, which I believe Allison, where she says that's not what she's doing, I believe that's what Otto is doing. But it's very typical for Otto to use Allison's probably genuine feelings for her husband as an advantage for him. That's what he does. Right. There's also is this the scene where we have her giving no that's later sorry no this is the one where the advice of the maesters it is them that keeps him addled while the high towers warm his throne and it doesn't this is one of those moments where you see Damon and Rhaenyra doing the the Walter in uh, what's the movie God what's I can't remember the name of the movie I used it in my last video with the dude the Big Lebowski the Big Lebowski where it's they are not wrong but they are being assholes and the confrontation they're doing with Allison here is probably gonna do more harm than good since they know the petitions are going to be to disinherit Lucerus. And Allison at this point is their only hope. Again, they're not wrong. This is very much a thing that happens with Vayman later in the episode, but yeah. And it's quite clear, I think, that Allison would be open to not disinheriting Lu Lucerus. She was uncomfortable in the small council scene. She's uncomfortable in the other small council scene. She's upset with what she's doing for Aegon. And 
the people she's hurting for the sake of her children. And she's, I am really not okay with this. And she gets steeled to go through with it because Rhaenyra and Damon come after her. Oh, that was my read on right. the scene anyway. Yeah, that's what, that's how I interpreted it too. I feel there's a lot of resentment coming from Allison that we're seeing just more and more as more episodes go on. And I also think leaning into the seven and leaning into her position and everything is just like, if, if this is the cards that I'll, I'm dealt, I'll fight back as good as I can and how I know how. And I think that's also why she's so freaking strict hard on the kids uh, in some way. At least that's my interpretation of that. They said that in the after the episode that Allison's behavior here is motivated by guilt. That she's embraced the seven in order to absolve herself for the things that Otto is encouraging her to do that she's uncomfortable with. That makes sense. I missed it. I ran in here and grabbed water and stuff. I don't know, okay, hot take. I'm not a huge fan of the after the episode things because I, it feels a lot of the time that they use those to backfill stuff that they didn't put into the episode or stuff that was unclear. It's they rely on it for the fact that everyone's going to watch the episode and then watch them 10 minutes explaining everything. I get it. I am one of the obsessive yeah. people that usually picks up on everything, but it does get a little grating that there's that crutch on the back half of every episode. Yeah, the, the didn't they say the uh, the grace grayscale thing for Kragus Crab Feeder? Did wasn't that only in the behind yeah. the episodes? He didn't have an active case, so that all of us be like, "What about Damon? Us yeah. gonna get the grayscale?" I get why they do it, and they are really helpful in unclear scenes. But it's I don't know. Sometimes I wish it was easier to pick up in the episode. I. I understood she felt guilt, and clearly a lot of people that feel guilt about their past turn to religion. It's not hard to make that leap, but I don't know. That, that's my hot take for the episode so far. It's uh, not a huge fan of these things. I am a fan because they're really clear. Not a fan of how it's a required extra 10 minutes to understand right. everything sometimes. That's fair. So let's see here. What are we doing next? Oh, we go to the training yard. Training yard was a quick one. I thought it was very sweet that Jace was so excited to be back here because clearly he's associating the training yard with Harwin. And so is Luke, where it comes up in their conversation. Jace is excited. He's picking up the weapons. He's look, this is where you tried to swing the mace. And then Luke's thinking about and he notes that was looking at us. So both of them associate this place in the Red Keep with their father. Yeah. Which was sweet and also sad because Eamon's there and Eamon is a fucking psycho. <laughs> Just a little bit. Oh my just god. A little bit of crazy. He's just got that he's got that murder eye where he's just at all times thinking about the crimes he's about to commit. We were I was talking to Maester Mary and Maddie mm -hmm. in their Slack a while ago and we were talking about how when what well, was after last episode, when Eamon bonds Vagar, he gets that subtle shiver that comes across him and stuff. And what if that's the spirit of Visenya? Yeah. Like just overcoming him and that warrior that you take my eye, I'll take I'll fight you back. What if that's truly the start of the dance, if you will, the spirit of Visenya, her energy. I don't know. It just he seemed more a sweet boy and I don't want to say anything else because we're going to get to spoilers and stuff. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. But it seems there is a definite change. And this is the Aemon that we will know and love and hate and love and hate. And yeah. Stuff. And also he has crazy eyes, the he, crazy eye the entire episode. He does not blink. I don't think he blinked the entire episode. He, he has his eye wide open and he's always staring at Luke and Jace. Also, Almost always I felt at Luke specifically. Yeah. You did this to me. And it's, dude, it's been how long at this point? Almost 10 years. Get over it. Six, Six years, years, yeah. Or so. Six years. Yeah. Not over it. Okay, so not quite a decade. I'll forgive him that. Hasn't mm. been a decade yet. And it's interesting parallel here between Jace and Eamon, because while Jace has been trying to improve his mind and make himself ready to rule, 
Eamon has taken the other path and he has dedicated all his time to the training ring, which impressively, despite having only one eye, he beats Kristen Cole, who, and I don't think Kristen's yeah. pulling his punches. He's trying. He's swinging a real mace as hard yeah. as he can. And Damon is just dodging it and parrying him. Maybe it's choreographed and maybe they were just showing it off. But I, the implication you're supposed to get I is, oh, so. shit, this is all Eamon has done for six years. I think I think they're really showing you that he's become a warrior because Kristen, as much as we love to dunk on him and as much as I hate him, he was a legit warrior. Yeah. He was a good fighter. It cannot be argued. So Eamon being able to land blows on him, that's scary. You should be scared. And he thinks he's so cool. It was a Jedi. A little eye patch. He, he yeah. knew the blows were coming. He has memorized Kristen so much that he knows where each swing is. And this is actually one thing going back to the magical side of Eamon you're talking about with Senya. It's, it really did seem, it felt very Jedi. I, I mean it literally that he, it almost felt he could see the blows. And again, maybe it's memorization, but there's definitely a magical sense to Eamon as a character that's going to come out in the future. I doubt yeah. that sort of exists in universe, but I would assume that it's not a mistake to make him look he's dodging bullets, basically. It's interesting because of the magic, and one of my favorite characters will come up with an almond, lovely wife. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll say no more. But the speaking of magic and speaking of the magical side of him, obviously, look at the other parallels we have with one eyed people in Aswaf. We yeah. have Blood Raven and we have Euron. Euron. So, leaving up yeah. eye to gain knowledge is the whole thing in Norse mythology with Odin giving up his eye to gain sight. I think that's. That could, there could be something there. I don't know if they're going to go full. I know it's literal. Of, I, I, do a lot of... I really think they just want you to they make you think he's Anakin. They want you to think Anakin yeah. Skywalker here. And it's okay. Mission accomplished. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I understand what you're going on. And then Vaymond arrives and he's flanked by the Hightower soldiers. Okay. Not a lot to see here. Amon's just continues to try and kill Jace with his mind. Clearly he's looking forward to any opportunity to try and get the kid back and it's also noticeable that he is he looks like an adult he is straight up full grown and he is thick and Huge. jason luke are not they are pretty no. scrawny which is surprising amen it the spirit of the yeah, again giant powerful person i guess took him over and he's even taller than his younger brother or his older brother excuse me Aegon. just a powerful presence for sure very much now we get to the small council two scene basically it's vaymond otto and allison and we went over what's going on here it's making it clear that this was a setup between a otto and vaymond but the part that was more interesting is that allison's looking for a way out she's arguing back she talks back to otto before he he basically smacks her down but she's uncomfortable with it she says she's uncomfortable with what they're doing and she wants she wants a reason to not disinherit Lucerus, but she doesn't have one because obviously Damon Rhaenyra just roasted her and Otto is being an overbearing father to make her kind of suppress that she knows what they're doing is wrong. Even if Luke is a bastard, which obviously he is, she knows that the, what they're doing is theft and she's uncomfortable with it, which yeah, good for Allison. Again, her guilt. A lot of guilt. Yeah, there's a lot of guilt. A lot of guilt. A lot of guilt that turns to resentment it's interesting to see her swing those to the thing because mm -hmm. it goes back and forth because we'll have moments where she went at Lenor and Renero's wedding when she was in the green dress and it was no this is me and this is my power and i'm fighting back but then she'll swing back to being almost gentle to Renera, as we'll see as we'll see then we get 
the weirwood scene again stop talking in front of weirwoods everybody nobody seems to understand that laris is here also there was a rat count in this episode there was a rat I don't know if anybody else saw it. It was on the the sculpture of Valyria with Viserys. Just saying. Weirwood. I thought so. Yeah, there was a rat there. And now the Weirwood's back. Rhaenyra and Rhaenys, basically, Rhaenyra begs Rhaenys to back her. Rhaenys says, absolutely not, because I think you're going to lose. And this is more of a continuing being the big sister to Rhaenyra that she needs and telling her the truth. It's, you're about to lose. The Hightower's about to absolutely wreck you. You're probably going to lose everything. I can't afford to be on the wrong side of this, even if it means losing Driftmark. So I'm sorry, I can't help you. And Rhaenyra, though, she makes the offer, the offer that can't be refused, that actually is, she offers to marry Jace to Bela and Luke to Reyna. No, it's the other way around, isn't it? Wait, Bela to Jace. Bela to Jace, yeah. Reyna to Luke. And yeah. out, and it actually stops Rhaeny. She's That's a really good offer. But she, again, she's, I'd be killing them to do it. So I can't. Yeah, and she's lost so much at this point. She has worn black, I think, since every shot of her since the funeral. She's still mourning very much. Second silly hat time. There we go. This one doesn't actually fit anymore. (laughs) This this definitely does not fit on my headphones. Looks great. Okay, this is what we're doing. Do it. We're doing it live. Thanks, everybody, for slamming the button. I don't know. If you guys keep slamming it, we'll think of something else. But thank you, everybody. So let's see here. And the Rainey's again, she spurns Rainier to action by telling her the truth of the and using her keen political mind. It's like, you got to do something, Rainier, because you're screwed. Rhaenyra does something. She goes to Viserys' room, thunderstorm outside, the thunder cracks, sound like dragon roars. It's probably intentional. They may have mixed them in order to create that. And she basically begs Viserys, who doesn't even know who she is at first, he calls her Allison, and says, Do you think the Song of Ice and Fire is true? And if you do, and if you think it's important to unite the realm, if you think I'm the one that can do it, I need your help, Father. I need you to stand up and protect me and your grandchildren or else or else this is over or else I'm going to lose everything. And it's you can see it actually gets through to Viserys, which was surprising. Yeah. He seems so out of it that he it heard was, her. Do you think it was because he had been asleep for a couple hours so the, yeah. the poppy had worked its way out of his system so he's a little more lucid he was a little more there because he just had to have been just in constant pain yeah. his face that and everything even in moments where he's not on milk of the poppy he's still probably struggling to form sentences because of how much pain he's in and man that that got through to me that that hit home with renera talking yeah. to her dad that stand up for me she asked him to bring it i got the quote here i thought it was really well written you told me it was yeah. our duty to unite the realm by naming me heir. You divided the realm. I thought I wanted it, but the burden is a heavy one. It's too heavy. Viserys then says, my only child. And Rhaenyra says, if you wish me to bear it, the crown and the prophecy, then defend me and my children. And he whispers something. I don't know what he said, but the rat then shows up. The end of the scene is it goes back to the sculpture and you see the rat in the Valyrian city, which is curious. So if you believe my theory that Laris is controlling the rats, then Laris saw this. Rat King Laris. I had that line though, just her saying the burden's too heavy. I was just thinking about, we've seen Rhaenyra twice now reform her life and find happiness. Mm-hmm. The first time, obviously with the kids, the strong boys, it was a little less learned. Probably a mistake now that she has to deal with for the rest of her life, but those kids don't look their supposed father. But then having, having her get with Damon, which obviously was something she always wanted. She's found a way to, to have a partner in this to protect those boys. And then, but she has to do her duty. And I thought it was 
they're really driving this duty narrative home and the the prophecy. I like it. And we can see it got through to Viserys. Next morning, he wakes up and refuses his milk of the poppy and also orders right. Otto to set up the dinner that's going to come soon. Viserys obviously knows what this means. We see his wounds. We see how bad he is. He's, emaci he's emaciated. He has skin and bones, open wounds all over his body. Unbelievable that he's even still alive. I did want to ask, do you think that Jace taking the initiative to learn High Valyrian and to be better, do you think he has been told the prophecy at this point? By Possible. But she 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 does she says that line where she says, You don't need to learn it today unless you plan to usurp mm -hmm. me. So I'm not sure if she's told him yet. And also this scene where she asked Viserys if he believes in the prophecy, I'm not sure Rhaenyra does. Okay. So yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't I, I wouldn't she... be sure if she passed it on yet. Yeah. But it would make sense. You're right. If yeah, that I was just thinking it. about that. Yeah, like all of a sudden if it's the thing that drives Targaryens to stop messing around and get up and go do stuff with what it did with Rhaegar and Aswath, yeah. it just makes sense. Everybody's doing their own thing until they're oh no, I really I could be the prince who was promised. I could right. be the princess who was promised. It would make a lot of sense. It could just be yeah, that Jace is a good boy. But you you could Jace definitely is say a good boy. He is a good we boy. We love him. He's a dork. And we love him for it. We love a dork. So then we get to the Iron Throne scene. So there's a lot of back and forth here. The important part is that the fix is in. Everyone knows it. And if you look at the scene construction, the where the actors are standing tells you everything. There's the greens and the blacks on one side. But on the green side, they not only have all of Allison and her children, they also have Rainey, Simmond, and Bela, and the entire small council. All the recognizable characters are on the other side of the room telling you visually, Rhaenyra screwed. She's about to lose. Otto's sitting on the Iron Throne. He says he speaks with the king's voice. Allison isn't even in control. There's really no shot. Otto is just going to rule, and the and he lets Vaiman go first. It's surprising he even is playing to let Rhaenyra speak. Yeah. Vaiman has this big speech, and it's basically it's a redux of what he said at the uh, the funeral, where basically we go back to the before the doom and blood, and these kids are bastards and all this stuff, and nobody's surprised. Right. Him straight up saying it was very bold, saying it. I, I guess without the king there, everybody else in that room pretty much either thinks it or has heard of it enough. Nobody's but it was it. still very bold. Still very bold. And then, of course, we get the swelling music. The Avengers arrive. The portal opens. It's Viserys. His music is playing. The Kingsguard are so surprised they read out his whole titles. Every single one. He's got his king. He's wearing his mask. I used it for the thumbnail for this. He has roused himself from bed and apparently walked all the way down here, or at least outside the door. He's at least gotten himself outside the door, and now he's walking in and refusing help. Walks all the way across it. Jaws are literally dropped. I laughed a lot at Otto going. I wept. That's when I started really crying. Yeah. I was, he did it for his daughter. He's he here for Rhaenyra. Her party dad is here for her. Oh my God. He uh, finally he stood just, up for her. He stood up for her. He Literally stood up. Stood up. I think he's stood up a little bit before, but never that boldly, never willing to fight that hard. Yeah. Or at least put in that much effort, I should say. Huge like, amounts of effort. It looks like it's killing him every step. The, I thought I, the reaction was also pretty good was Damon is the one he looks he looks down in a way it kills him to see Viserys but he's proud of his brother for actually getting up and doing it and when he walks up to Otto and says I will sit the throne today you they pan over to the greens and every single one of them goes we're done we just lost yeah 
you just lost heart. The way Damon oh. helps him up those oh. stairs and picks up his crown for him. Oh. You can tell this is affecting Damon way more than he's letting on probably mm -hmm. to Rhaenyra or to anyone, but just Maximus standing there quietly being affected. He does a really good job. In the scenes before in Viserys' bedroom with Rhaenyra and him and everything, and when they introduce the kids, you can tell Damon's, oh shit, it's bad. It is way badder than maybe he was prepared for, so helping his brother that was just really sweet because they do love each other they do and they, they, do. they showed it so and well that Viserys refused the help of the king's guard and he says get away i'm doing this damon goes over picks up the crown he said takes literally gives his hand to Viserys, being i'm your hand that's obviously what they're going for there Viserys looks up sees damon and accepts his help and then as he sits down damon very carefully crowns the king and it shows you that this is one of Viserys's biggest mistakes. It goes back to episode one, where how Damon said that I would be your hand, I would be the one to look out for you no matter what, and you've let these leeches into your life. And Damon, for he has a lot of flaws, and he's a wild card, and he's a murderer, and he's chaotic, and he really does do a lot of horrible things, but he would never do them to Viserys, and I think he showed that here. Right. Yeah. He's, he would, yeah, he would have been, I think, a good hand. He would have been a great hand, or at least the best hand that Damon could be. He would have done it with at least love and interest in the Targaryen family and interest in his brother and his brother's well wishes and well being. Absolutely. What would be best? Yeah. It might not be perfect, but obviously there are enough problems with Otto. And clearly, Miss Lionel. Yeah, they would have been the good cop, bad cop. Damon would have been the hammer. Cerys would have been, it uh, would have been the Oberyn and... Yeah. And, uh, oh God, what's his name? How can I not remember his name? Prince Duran. It would have been Duran and Oberyn. That would have been the relationship. Yeah. And it basically what he's doing for Rhaenyra. But it's a fork on the road that Viserys screwed up on. But clearly here the show is telling you that for all of his flaws, Damon would have done a good job. At least for Viserys. He is not out for his throne. He loves his brother. Which I think is something right. that's unclear from the books. It is very much implied that Damon is much yeah. more ambitious than Matt Smith is portraying him. They give him more, from what I remember, black and white. He's cutthroat and brutal. It that was my interpretation. But I do. I again, I mentioned earlier liking to see the shades of gray in here mm -hmm. to see people human humanized, for sure. Damon definitely. And then Viserys actually a baller. <laughs> just starts talking and he says, I have the line here. He says, I must admit my confusion. I do not understand why petitions are being heard over a settled succession. The only one who might offer a keener insight into Lord Corlys's wishes is the Princess Rhaenys. He says Rhaenys. Also, this is quite clearly that Viserys has not lost his marbles. He understands this isn't about Lucerys. This is about Rhaenyra. And he's asking Rhaenys, what are you going to do about this? And she honestly looks taken aback that anyone's yeah. asking her what she thinks. And... She seems really inspired to see Viserys and Damon doing this, which I, it's, He's, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say he, the way Viserys is, I must write this later when he mm -hmm. goes to bed right after this. I think that was, I screwed my cousin too. So I'm going to listen to her because this is all about her husband who would know better than a husband, his wife, what his actual wishes were for the inheritance of Driftmark. I think it was a nod to that because he was on a kick where he's, this might be the last time that I get to speak as the king and mm. get to make a real decision. I'm going to go out good. He, especially since they had the previous episodes they were talking about, he's, what will my legacy be? Yeah. How will I be remembered? Do you want to go out in a good way where you're trying to right the wrongs that you may have made and the wrongs of your family past? Or do you want to be 
just let your wife and her dad do it. And I think it means a lot to Rainey's that Viserys doesn't call on Rhaenyra. He says, you, my cousin, yeah. you know, this, he's, he said, he's writing a lot of wrongs and he knows that Rainey's wants a voice and he gives it to her and lets her decide what happens with Driftmark, which I think was surprising, especially for Rainey's. And it inspired her to say, ever my husband's will that Driftmark passed through Sir Laenor to his trueborn son, Lucerus Valarian. His mind never changed, nor my support of him. Her support did change. As a matter of fact, the Princess Rhaenyra just informed me of her desire to marry her sons Jason Luke to Lord Corlys' granddaughters, a proposal to which I heartily agree. So, Rhaenys completely turns the boat around. She is decided to tie herself to the Blacks. Whatever happens to the future, she's on board with Rhaenyra and Daemon, and... It's that quote that Corley said back in one of the early episodes, where, like when a storm's coming, you can flee from it or you can sail into it. But doing nothing is basically the wrong thing. And Rainey's decides to sail into it. Yeah. And though, what, what does Vayman think of this, Sanry? What does Vayman think about Rainey's choice? He thinks that's the wrong choice. Oh, a little. He definitely thinks that's the wrong choice. Oh boy, Vayman, what are you doing, buddy? What are you doing? Uh, he doesn't want his family name to go to a bastard son, is the simplest way to say it. At this point, he's upset. He wants it for himself, but he chooses to say the wrong things, for sure. Also, he's wrong now. The marriage will ensure yeah. that the Vlarian line will rule in two generations. Yeah, the marriage makes it a moot point. Moot point. Like, it's, going, it's staying the in the family. The kids are going to be on... They're going to be... They're going to be the next king... Yeah. Being a queen of Westeros at this point. The Valarians like, just won. Your family gets, yeah, big time. But Vayman can't handle that. Calls the kids mm. bastards and calls Rhaenyra a whore. And Viserys actually, this, this was something I was surprised at. Viserys stands up, pulls out his dagger and says, I will have your tongue. I'm, is he getting down from the throne? Is this where he falls? It's yeah, it's No, we get maybe the grossest thing I have ever seen in Game of Thrones. Holy shit. That was gross. Damon wheels around, takes out Dark Sister and cuts Vayman's head off, specifically leaving the tongue on the bottom half of his head, saying, what did he say? He can keep his tongue. Completely yeah, badass. And it's flapping mm -hmm. out of the poor guy's bisected head. That was rough. They put us through a lot of things. We've seen a lot of the mountain spoilers for yeah. Game of Thrones. I think this was uh, worse. The mountain. That was bad to me. I don't know, maybe because it was eyes, but this messed with me. It was gross. Also, props to Valyrian Steel, though. Because oh, yeah. That shit is right hard. through. Butter. Right through. Yeah. <laughs> One thing to keep in mind is that Damon baited him. Damon whispers. Yeah. Say it. He Say stops. It. He stops on the B, and Vayman's going to hold back. He's not going to do it. Say it. And Vayman takes oh, the bait. Move. He knows Vayman really well. Also, from the their campaign down in the Step Zones, obviously. Step Zones, yeah. He knows him. They know each other. He knows his temper. Mm -hmm. He knows he can bait him. Also interesting that Vayman didn't go to the Step Zones with Corlys. Clearly, he stayed at Driftmark, I'm guessing plotting to do exactly this the whole time. Why didn't he go to battle with his brother for this? He was planning to go after his, his grandchildren. Probably. He doesn't seem a... Good intention, fella. No. Seems very no, self-interested. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Extraordinarily gross. Eamon looks weirdly almost aroused by it. He's like, hoo, 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 cool. That guy's head got cut off. Right, uh, did you say Eamon? Eamon. Say... Eamon. Yeah, I think he looked, yeah, Almond turned Yeah, Eamon looked very um, excited. He looked at that and he was, you can do that. 
You can like, just kill people? Oh, cool. Is that my daddy? Are we sure that's not my daddy? Well, it looks like... I, I'm, I don't believe that theory. I think it's cool. I don't have people to speculate whatever they want. But he really looked at Damon. Oh, we're going to have we're going to have a problem someday. I think it's great what they're setting up there. Quink. Someone Quink. in the Quink. chat said something funny. They said suicide by Damon. Maxim Howard. Yep, that's what <laughs> happened. That was suicide by Damon. Damon knew what he was saying. Although in the after the episode, his actor taunted Damon, the actual actor, and said he didn't come back from Damon from in front of him he attacked him from behind as a point of pride it's all right i guess so better than that yeah it was a point of pride for vayman he was he just had a bad day and then he had no more days after that then we get the surprising scene with the silent sisters we can just go through this one quickly basically rainy's is standing over vayman's body being prepared and she doesn't say why she's doing it or while tells her hey this is gross you don't have to be here and her response and says it's bad luck to look at the corpses while the silent sisters are doing it and you get an insight into rainy's and she says the stranger has visited me more times than i can count grand maester i assure you he cares little whether my eyes are open or closed and i think this kind of goes back to the conversation he has she had with Corlys, where she blamed him for her amb for his ambition killing their children and i think she's reflecting on the fact that this was an ambitious move she could have given up driftmark she could have given up on and given it over to vaymond and lived out a quiet life but she said she pushed her chips in with with rhaenyra and the blacks going forward and i i think that's what she's reflecting on she's like, how many more corpses did i just doom by helping out rhaenyra yeah. It was a real duty kind of moment where it's, I want this and I want these things. So it's, what are the, what's the price that I will pay? How yeah. much will I give up? How many children it. or spouses or people that I care about do I have to lose? And it's, you just said, how much of it is her ambition left too? Because I think we were very clearly shown earlier, at least it was suggested that it was Corliss who still was hanging on to this. Still rainy. She's still Kids in. will be on the throne. She's still in. She's fully side blocks, you said earlier, by choosing this and standing up and doing this. She has thrown her chips in for sure. They also use the yeah. uh, fisheye lens with the candles behind her. And I think the reason for doing that is I think you're supposed to understand that each of the candle lights is more the eyes of those that have died or the visualizations of their souls, that she's feeling them around Ooh. her. I don't know why you do the fisheye lens otherwise. I think it's I think it's to create a visual implication that she's thinking about the many dead that have come before and will in the future. Isn't it a thing in film, in some film that you're supposed to, when you use a fisheye lens, there's a supernatural Absolutely, that, like, the yeah, visual okay. implication so of yeah, using a lens. that would lens. make sense. It's um, definitely the Silent Sisters. That's a thing to endure. And she's just going to sit there and watch the corpse basically be- Worse uh, than many. Prepared for- yeah. Rainey's is a realist. A she point. knows what she just did. Yeah. She doomed. She's yeah. probably doomed Jace, Luke, Viserys, Aegon, Bela, Reyna. She, she knows she's going to bury a lot more people before this is over. And I think that's what the, that was that, about. I'm sorry. So, what's that's her. I was going to say that's Feynman is her brother-in-law. Yeah. The same, is, yeah. That's the family connection there. So not only that he's dead he's straight up dead not to mention the ones she's thinking about that are coming yeah. you're saying there oh Lots good point from cory freight says the fisheye lands because the valarians are sailors and oftentimes sailors souls nice. are candles good call cory freight nice yeah that's probably exactly what Very they were nice. going for so let's get to the feast scene this is the big one of the episode mm -hmm. this is the Yay. one you've been itching to talk about so mallory why don't you take it away tell us what you loved about this scene i just thought we have seen so much 
so much anger and animosity. Animosity. That big word I can't say. Thank you. Between all of these characters so far, it was nice to see everybody come together for a family meal. And even though Aegon was being a shit and Aemon was being a terrifying, creepy, staring weirdo, Jace was trying. He was he called Bela his beth- betrothed. That was really cute. It was good to see Viserys. He worked really hard that day. He stood up for Renera. He thinks he did a good job and he's good. it's okay for me to die now. I am I can Absolutely. go now after this feast. And I just, there's a nice, even the way Renera toasted Alicent was, mm. it was big. It showed, I think, growth from her because she's complimenting the queen. She's trying to be kind. She's okay. I won, but I'm still going to try. And I think it's, I don't know if she was trying for a selfish reason where she was trying to show off for her dad and make it seem everything was okay. Mm. Or if she was trying for a genuine, we used to be friends. Because some of their moments, they keep doing all these, we used to be girlfriends, Allison and Renera, And it just kills me every time because it could have been. I know. Yeah. The ship is real. I said it. The ship is real. It's, I think it's, I it's should... just text. Yeah. It is just text in it. And I think you're right about how the scene starts with them sneaking glances at each other. Where one looks mm-hmm. up, the other one looks down when they notice. And then Rhaenyra looks up and Alicent looks away. And they, they do that three or four times back and forth. And there's also a visual clue that Alicent has been exercised from the evil. That she's happy that that Viserys has quashed this because she had been wearing her business hair, basically. Really mm-hmm. pulled back. And now it's back to streaming down the back of her head. And not only that, the seven-point star necklace she was wearing she's wearing a much smaller one now and i think you can read that in terms of allison feels the guilt lifted that she's not that's that she's coming back to who she was i would say some of it definitely some of it i don't know if it can be forgiven but i definitely think that they were both looking for a way to Mm -hmm. bridge or heal or at least somehow lessen the rift between them because I don't know if you've ever been in a fight with somebody that you're very close to that you've known for a very long time but that is hard that is one of the worst things and they went through it so young and they're navigating all these adult waters by themselves so from an emotional perspective I feel for both of those ladies very deeply and the fact that they could get over themselves for a moment and be look at our families Grandpa wants us to eat dinner with him. Let's be nice and have a human interaction. It's not all just about power or anything. And I don't know. It's for me in animes. I love a good anime and I love a good fight scene what? in anime. But you? it's the moments in Dragon Ball Z where it's Bulma and Vegeta and their little family. I'm like, oh, I love this part the best. I don't know. Focusing on those little intimate moments and sometimes is overlooked. So that's why I feel this scene resonated for me so much because it was a nice moment when we just had a guy's head cut in half with a tongue oh, yeah. out. That, that was actually like, a funny, give me a break. <laughs> that was a funny part of it where Allison says a prayer before it and she mentions Vame and you hear Damon laugh. I'm like, yeah. All right, man. I guess if that's what you're doing. Also, I think to drive home the point that Allison really feels that she that the burden is lifted off of her is that her toast back she says you Rhaenyra will be a great you will be a great queen and everyone at the table understands what that means that Alicent surrenders she has surrendered yeah. the cause Aegon understands it yeah. he instantly goes fuck Aemon looks pissed Otto's taken aback but she's saying you win I don't want this anymore I want this to stop and I think throughout the rest of the episode well until the very end there's this brief moment where it's over. The war has been averted. 
maybe Aegon and Aemon continue being shits and maybe Otto tries something, but they're going to be doing it without her help is basically, I think, what they're trying to say. Wouldn't that have been a nice way for this all to go? (laughs) If that's really what ended it, Sarah's actually doing a good job trying to fix the problems he's caused. I think that would have been really nice, but that's obviously not how it goes because we have more episodes and more seasons coming. But yeah, I don't know if it's 100%. Never mind. That was a different thread. Okay. Carry on. (laughs) All right, fair enough. You also mentioned earlier that Aegon is being an asshole this entire time. He mentions three times basically to Bela that Jace is a virgin. He doesn't know what he's doing. I do. I'm such a player. I'm the guy that just raped my servant because I'm Aegon and I suck. He wants you to know he fucks. Oh, apparently Aegon he fucks. fucks. Congratulations, man. Congratulations, shades. Aegon. You you fuck. Ooh, cool. Good luck on that wow. one. Bela looks like she's going to punch him in the face. She actually mm-hmm. does later in the episode, later in the scene. It's actually really funny. But Jace stands up for himself and he's not taking this shit from Aegon. And his line back is, you can play the gesture if you wish, but hold your tongue before my betrothed. And he says it seriously. And Aegon backs down. Yeah. Aemon's like, all right. It comes up again. Aegon again goes up to Bela and says, if you want, if you want to know what pleasure is, you know, I can do it. Jace slams his hands down, stands mm-hmm. up. Aemon stands up too. Clearly is about to fight to break out. And Jace is the conciliator. He backs, he doesn't back down from Aemon. He backs down to duty and he toasts Aegon instead, gives him a punch on the shoulder, gives him one of those. And he's like, we're not doing this. I made my point. Shut the fuck up, Aegon. But, and he says the line I think was generally very good. And it's the one that Viserys basically says, well done, lad. Let me see if I can get this one. He says. It was cute too that he, not cute is not what I'm saying, but it's with, with their dad harwin overreacting and letting those boys taunt him and drive him on yeah. it's look at jace he's learned the lesson he's like learned- good boy jace good boy jace i is- got it he says we have not seen each other in years but i have fond memories of our shared youth i hope as men we may be friends and allies to you and your family's good health my dear uncles perfect line way to go jace although okay so this is where things get interesting this is where things get magical after he <laughs> says this and Viserys bangs his cane down and he says, well done, my lad. Helena speaks up. Did you hear what she whispered? She said something about beast under the floorboards. Beware the beast under the boards. And she does it in the same voice she did with Aemon's prophecy, the same voice that she used when she was talking about the threads and the hand turning the loom. So the show has dropped us a third prophecy out of Helena. I was trying to figure out what it was. Actually, I was talking to Joanna Robinson and we were theory crafting this about what could this possibly mean? Her first, our first thought was blood and cheese. Yeah, that's no spoilers about what that means. But anyone that knows what blood and cheese is, it would make sense for Helena to be talking about that. But uh, actually, I think we're gonna have to do a spoiler section right here. Okay, Okay. everybody in the chat, I'm gonna, we're gonna go for some spoilers right here. Pretty main big ones. So if you don't want to hear what I'm about to say, mute it and then wait 30 seconds and then come back okay everybody ready we're doing we're muting we're doing spoilers right now joanna's idea was that it was about jace's death that it was about getting shot with the crossbow the beast beneath the boards a scorpion being shot into vermax's eye i was i think you nailed it joanna that yeah that makes sense i think she got it i think she nailed it i think that's what they're going for the beast beneath the boards the scorpion 
who spoke right before Helena gave her Jace. prophecy. And that was the thing that got yeah, her onto then, it. I was yeah. when she talked about Eamon's eye, it's because it was, it was about him. And so she's reacting what Jay said, and then instantly says this thing about the beast meet the board. So that's my head cannon until we figure out otherwise. I said to Joanna, I'm like, why do I have a YouTube channel doing theories? I think you just came up with a really good one. I'm sure she'll probably say it on her podcast. I'm sorry if I preempted everybody. Go listen to her on The Ringer. It will probably be on House of R is the one where she talks about spoilers and stuff that definitely go check it out okay so spoilers over done spoilers spoilers are over but otherwise yeah that, that's just it's another prophecy to figure out i talked about it in my video the other day that helene is going to keep doing this it's a challenge from the showrunners the first two were easy this one's hard and they're making it hard and it's vague and i don't know what it means chad is saying it's the rats and the floorboards that was the other implication it could be about mm -hmm. laris it could be about that would be um, interesting. I don't know which way it's going to go, but it's going to be fun it. to figure I, out. I, I love puzzles. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. No more spoilers. No more spoilers. Oh, sorry. Super chat here from Cam Cobain. Five dollars. Eamon seems so composed and calm the whole episode. He carries himself a true functional psychopath. Absolutely. He does. Thank you for the super chat. He somebody in chat said that he actually did blink once during the episode, but that might have been it. I don't believe you. I don't um, believe you. Show me proof. <laughs> Just staring the whole time. Yeah. He's got such an intense look, that actor. Just the way his, he always looks like he's smiling. It just, it's unsettling like, to me. It's a, he's wearing a mask. That's basically what uh -huh. he's doing. This um, is my human face. Yeah. Before he goes crazy. Was there anything else really good about this? Oh, I also, uh, Helena then toasts to Reyna and Bela. Uh, Helena, you are the best. Even if you're not the doing prophecies, role. she has clearly come a long way from what she was in the earlier episodes she has a real moment of self-reflection that makes my heart hurt for her where she says that marriage isn't so bad they'll mostly ignore you unless he's drunk implying that oh, Aegon is a total asshole to her when he's drunk probably mm -hmm. abuses her in some way she seemed very he's upset about it boys. yeah yeah he does that kind of guy doesn't just stop with servants he probably does it to his wife too oh yeah absolutely that would be the way that he would learn what he could get away with easier, I think. And she has to listen to him and the way that he's being um, raised. And the, the other thing that I thought was very sweet is that Jason gets up and asks her to dance, which was, okay, so the Greens, Aegon and, and Aemon took this as an insult because she had just burned Aegon publicly. And mm -hmm. he's feeling a shit about it. Jace gets up and dance with her. But the connection that they make in their heads that you can see going is this is Jace getting back at Aegon for insulting Bela. But it's not that's not what Jace is doing. That's not the kind of person no. he is. He's I'm sorry that happened to you, Helena. Let's dance this pain away. But that's not how the it's, two take it. No, it's he's being the way I took it was look at what a good boy this is. Look at what a good man this will become because mm -hmm. look at how he's treating women and how he treats his responsibilities and his mother and his brother. And we're being shown Aegon and Almond who are so vastly different. And they definitely took that as a slight. They don't understand like. kindness. I think that's the point there. No. They don't understand that, that Jace is not that Jace it. is being kind that he they don't understand right. that instinct. Right. And also this was actually something and then again to the real happy part of the scene everybody's done their toasts the music starts the two of them are doing this crazy dragon dancey thing and this was something that actually blew me away is i don't even know if he meant to do this but ris ifans he starts 
clapping along and he's laughing and he's cheering on Helena. He actually cheered on her toast and he said, well done yeah, to that. He he's like, like wake up. Yeah. And I was like, is Otto not a bastard all Otto's the time? Otto's a human? What is Otto's he? a human for him? He likes Helena? Uh, this is the like grandchild he likes? Fair enough. Helene is awesome. But I thought it was a really sweet moment that, that Otto is cheering along and clapping along for Helena dancing, even though she's doing it with Jace, who he refused to toast to. He's like, fuck Jace. I hate that kid. I hope he dies. I love my granddaughter. It's like, where did this come from? I just had a moment where I had a vivid flashback to what is it? Episode three of season eight of Game of Thrones of the Seven Kingdoms, where we get a breath before everything just Yeah, that's nuts. what it is. This is the last good one. Yeah, we get a little humanizing. We get a little bit, oh, don't forget how much you love these characters. And yeah, that was, I really, in that moment, was taken aback by how Otto was so human there. He wasn't even really guarded. The way he was clapping yeah, for Elena. It was genuine. I was like, I haven't seen you be genuine, genuine this entire series. You're always calculating, but seeing Helena dance mm -hmm. made him happy. Maybe, I think he respects Aemond, is probably terrified of Aemond because mm -hmm. of what he did to claim There's not love there. Maybe. Yeah, maybe Helena is just the one that always hangs out with him and is nice to him and buys some gifts on Grandpa's Day and stuff. I don't know. I, I think it's also because... I feel like she get good gifts. I also took the other side of it. I was like, okay, so why is Otto being nice here other than Helena is awesome? And I think it's because he has no expectations for her. He has expectations for yeah. Aegon and Aemond and Allison, and so he drove them into weapons. But I think he realizes that Helena will never be that person for him, and so he just is a good person to her because she's not a tool he can use. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. What value is she to him, especially since- He's a misogynist. He just thinks of her yeah. as a broodmare in a sense, but also that he can't, yeah, he can't use her the way- He's married to yeah. his other grandkid, so it doesn't matter. He can't use her for a political marriage. Yeah, so, so he can yeah, just that's enjoy a, her. That's a good point. That's my most cynical read of that. Dark. But that's what it's, Otto's, he's, the Aegon and Aemond are who they are, and Alicent, because of his influence. There has to be some reason he relented on Helena. That tracks. Although he's also not protecting her. Aegon just said, she just said that Aegon basically abuses her and he didn't do anything about it. So it's not Nothing. that, it's not that loving, but at least he has a couple human moments. Yeah. If he was a, if he was a real good grandfather there, he would have taken that and been like, what does Aegon do to you? Yeah, what are we going to do about this right now? Okay. But yeah, I mean, it was nice to see that humanizing side of it. And I think that's why just I just like, so strongly reacted to it. Just getting a crumb of everybody being a human being for a freaking second felt nice. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, everything's going good. A pig is brought in. Viserys leaves. And there's this weird moment where Luke has been avoiding Aemon the entire episode. But Viserys leaves and he looks up at him and he smirks. And Eamon knows why, because Luke is basically going, how's your eye? That he has not appreciated how he's been treated this entire episode. He knows that Eamon has it out for him. And he's, you've trained all this time to lose that eye. You're not getting back because I took it. And that's, the, that's a very harrowing sort of attitude. You really think that's what Luke was? That was his... What was he his, smirking at otherwise? In that moment? I didn't think he was specifically smirking. I think he was just a kid who was happy. Oh, interesting. Okay, so maybe like, that's how Eamon took it. Okay, let me rewind that. And then Eamon was, oh, you're smirking at me, you little shit. You took my eye. Because Eamon's obviously not over his eye loss. Oh, the pink dread in the, in the chat. Only Shadowkin. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. It was the pink dread. The pig. That's what he yeah, was smirking it was at. It was the joke. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He was laughing yeah, at the so pig. He... I'm an idiot. I'm sorry, guys. I got that wrong. It was the pig. 
Oh. This kid enjoying the happiness and just laughing at the joke. And Eamon obviously is going to read the wrong way because he's a little bit of a psychopath. Yeah, and he does the, the pink dread. The pink dread. So it shows that even if you have the opportunity to watch the episode ahead of time, you still mix miss some subtext. A lot going on. Brains working in overdrive. Thinking about trees. Thinking about trees. So Eamon stands up and he gives the final tribute to the health of my nephews, Jace, Luke, and Joffrey. Not using their formal names. He's using, it's a little bit of a trick from Eamon here. He's, oh, yeah, they're my nephews. Oh, I'm using their, I'm using their nicknames. Not so. Each of them handsome, wise, and then everyone holds their breath. Allison in particular, she's don't. And don't he says, and strong. And... A Vaymond vibes here. He is going for the throat. He is pissed off. He's particularly disappointed because he was expecting to get inherited today. He was expecting to be next in line for the Iron Throne after Aegon and his children at this point. And this was a huge blow to him and to their side that Allison just gave up and that Viserys just beat them. And all this bubbles up and it's the same thing that happened with Vagar, where Aemon's is overwhelmed with his, his feelings and can't pull them. Jace stands up and yells, dare you to say that again. This is, I think this is quite clear. They're replaying the scene where he lost his eye. This is exactly yeah. the same insult. And the kids are the King's guard, or at least the guards have learned to control the children when they start fighting now. So we don't lose another eye. Thankfully <laughs> they learned that quick when they got in trouble for that. He throws, I thought the for thing sure. that was crazy about it is they get separated. Allison's what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And he says, yeah. it's only a compliment. Do you not think yourself strong? And Jace throws a punch at Eamon. But I think the thing that really, really hit me in that moment, other than that punch, is that Eamon doesn't move. Yeah. Eamon just goes, a Terminator. Yeah. I'm, oh, uh, shit. Real, straight psycho shit from yeah. our boy over there, for sure. Oof. Really doing a good job leading up to how, where he is mentally and emotionally, I feel. Oh, good point from the chat. Kristen Cole wasn't here, so nothing crazy happened. I thought it felt like an okay episode, more so than yeah, normal. He was only there once. Crispy Green wasn't there. After he throws the punch, Aegon, Aegon then grabs Luke and slams him into the table with a, a really sadistic look on his face. Again, this is the letting us know that Aegon is a terrible person. He enjoys inflicting mm -hmm. the pain on Luke in that moment. Even though he had nothing to do with the previous fight, he just wants to hurt Luke. Then he's angry about getting disinherited or not getting inherited. But I think the thing that was most interesting is if you look in the background, Bela is going for blood. She gets up from her seat, she starts charging, and Reyna grabs her and holds her back. And it's, that is a perfect encapsulation of their two personalities. Bela is Lena. She is mm. fire and blood. She wants to oh, go after the two Lord. of them. She threw the punch before. She wants to do it again. She's not afraid of Eamon. She's not afraid of Aegon. She's going after them on behalf of her cousins, who she doesn't really right. know that well. I'd, yeah, I'd say she, yeah, there's been a lot of time in between now. They would know Reyna really well. They, they wouldn't know Bela super well. She's been at Driftmark right. as a ward. Oh, I'm sorry. I was completely thinking of the wrong thing. Yeah, she has been there for quite some time you don't think they write each other letters if you were a twin though wouldn't they write each other letters oh yeah the two of them are, are very close yeah. reyna knows exactly what Bela's about to do i just mm -hmm. thought it was i thought it was interesting that once again Bela is totally willing to fuck up the oh, yeah. on, on a she's second a warrior time. yeah she, she definitely got that from her dad and her mom yeah like she is damon's way. daughter and lena she is both of them she has that uh, that fi that fire side to her definitely it's the most euron thing i've ever seen Eamon was Euron Crow's Eye 
in this episode. This is exactly what he would do. He also taunted them. This is exactly how Kristen Cole got Harwin to out himself. He knows exactly how to mm -hmm. push the buttons. Very you're on. Very good. Yeah. Oh, super, super sticker from Joseph's new house. Two dollars and a hippo eating the one up symbol. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen their girls dragons yet. I don't know if we're going to see Moon Dancer and Morning. Not uh, this we season. We won't see Morning until the veil. Yeah, so it's gonna time. be it's gonna be quite a while till we see morning. We may see Moondancer, but probably not this season. I think we're gonna get Moondancer, Dreamfire, Sunfire this season. We've glimpsed Sunfire and Dreamfire, but definitely not um, Moondancer. Moondancer is pretty small at this point. Yeah, I oh, mean she's she no, never she, gets she, very big. Yeah, she only gets to be as big as a warhorse at the biggest she gets. Yeah. So dragon knowledge. Yeah. Dragon correspondent. Gonna, she is green with silver markings. There you go. I still haven't made that video, mostly because I'm afraid of learning that much about dragons. It's so Just much. Use my spreadsheet. I, yeah. It's a lot. Would that be something if I got a couple hundred thousand views for reading your spreadsheet? Oh, by the way, Just also, this in... I forgot to say this. Thanks, everybody, for really loving the content in the last few weeks. Every video I'm putting out is absolutely blowing up. It's been absolutely insane. Channel has grown massively. We're about to pass 38,000 subs. I started at 21 at the start of the season. Uh, millions of views, lots of people. Welcome everybody. I'm sure a lot of you are watching right now, sub during the last few weeks. From us. It's been extremely gratifying. And I, yeah, I guess maybe I will do the dragon thing now as a favor to Mal. Yeah, as I say this, I realize that she's pearlescent white accented and green. I'm sorry, hmm. excuse me. Pearlescent white is so different than silver. Get them confused. But yeah, as far as the dragons go, I think we've seen most of them that we're gonna see. I was really expecting there to be a big premiere from for Sunfire and Dreamfire, but we got them glimpsed going back to King's yeah. Landing. So I think they have more things planned for them. I know that we have to see Luke's dragon. Not going to go into why, but we will have to see Luke's dragon, Erex. Erex is going to show up, and so we've seen Vermax. Yeah, we've seen Vermax, and Erex would be just a little bit smaller than Vermax at this point. But the colors of Erex, which we got confirmed through a Sam Hogg tweet, the artist who did one of the yearly calendars the colors were white with yellow eyes and no gold eyes and yellow flames which is what george's team said but they did change vagar from being bronze to being jade green so it's it's interesting i'm open to these changes but it makes my encyclopedic knowledge of the colors not so valid anymore <laughs> i'm like it's valid. for the ones we even have colors for and it's also one of those things where i feel george has thought about vagar Vagar's colors either so much that he just can't decide or not at all where it doesn't really matter and I'm not at a all. crazy artist it matters he said in that yeah, interview that he basically doesn't think about the colors except to differentiate differentiate them so he probably just thought in his head Vagar's so iconic I don't need to yeah I've said this before but Aziz and Ashea have asked him straight out twice in the years past over the past mm -hmm. five six years what color is Vagar the first time he said I've said that before and he said this to Aziz, and Aziz was like, I really don't think you have, but okay, I trust you. Yeah. And then the second time they were with him at Worldcon, I believe, in Scotland, and they asked him at the dinner table, Aziz had gotten up and gone to the bathroom, and Ashea is texting him frantically, come back, he's talking about Vagar's colors. <laughs> and he said, I quote, Vagar was uh, pale. Okay. So then we get the calendar the next year, and we're like, this is a bronze dragon, this can't be Vagar. And Turns uh, out he changed his mind. Was. Yeah, so I think he just... Uh, maybe, it's an important dragon. I'm guessing, his mind. I'm guessing both are true and that she was bronze, but as she got older, she turned pale. Hoary old bitch. Yeah. As she got old, a dog started getting white in the face. Yeah. 
Dogs get my dog is turning silver. He's six now. He originally was all black and tan, and now yeah. he's getting more silver. Him, it happens. Yeah, that's true. Creatures age. Get back to finish this up because we've been going. Dragon, for, no, it's okay. It was a total you. accident that you were on for the one episode with no dragons. I had no idea. I'm upset. Well, there'll be more dragons <laughs> no, in the okay. future. There so, will always be more dragons. The thing is, in the books, this whole scene with the, the fight and Aemon's speech is played as the moment that broke the back. There's no going back from this in a sense that the relationships are broken, but it's not really because Allison and Rhaenyra, instead of doing what they do in the books, basically come together and be like, we'll smooth this over. I'm sorry my kids were a shit. And they both say that to each other. And Allison yeah. genuinely says, don't stay. Don't go back to Dragonstone. You have a place here. Your father and me want you to be here. And Rhaenyra's, I will, Allison. I'm just going to drop the kids back off at Dragonstone. I'll come back. We're, we're going to work all this out. Everything's going to be great. And you can see the friendship's back, that after all these years, the animosity has really melted away in this one day. And most specifically for Allison, Rhaenyra hasn't really changed. She did apologize. She's the same person she was at the start of the episode that she is at the end, except she has a lot more warm feelings for Allison. But Allison has a drastic change from start to end. Thinking about what she did with Diana, whatever actually happened there to this scene, night and day, she has totally flipped. Yeah. I think the opportunity for a forgiveness and a repairing of that can be very healing, especially for her who has been through so much that she didn't, it can be argued she did want to do what she did, but mm -hmm. also she doesn't really have a choice in any of this. She has to do what her father says, then she has to do what her husband says. So it's having an opportunity to heal that would probably feel very good for her, who is obviously suffering through so much guilt, as we were talking about yeah. earlier. Literally, the, the, the seven point star shrinking, her guilt shrinking. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah. Nice visual metaphor there. It's got the big film eyes. That's why HBO pays them big bucks. Yeah, the big shill dollars all <laughs> as they demonetize the video the other day. As <laughs> they take copyright you all the time. Being a big fandom shill uh, isn't actually profitable, it seems. It's a labor of love and yeah. it's not worth You don't profit off it, I should say. It's worth it, but you don't profit off of it. It's, it just makes things easier, that, that kind of thing. And then we get Mysaria showing up. This one came out of nowhere. I think it was just to remind the audience that she's alive. Uh, otherwise, it didn't really do much. We found out that Talia, the redheaded servant, is basically spying for Mysaria and basically has told her everything about Diana and Aegon and the fight in the, in the Red Keep. I don't know what for. I don't know what Damon, the only information that could be interesting to, that could be given from her to characters that don't have it is if she tells Damon that Aegon raped the girl and then something happened to her. Yeah. Otherwise, everything's known to all the other characters. I think it's just a reminder that she exists. I don't think there's any interesting information there. I think they're setting up what's to come with what we got a glimpse at in the next episode preview. Specifically, there is a blonde baby boy. I think that she might be involved in the, some of the knowledge of potential bastards. Maybe. That's got to be it. I don't be... know what else. Everybody was in the That's room for guess. the fight. Everybody already saw what Viserys did. So the only information is Aegon. So I guess that's it. Yeah. Something about that. Okay. Oh, super chat from Maura Lee, $20. Just to show love and support oh, for all the content. Thank you, Maura. Uh, really appreciate it. As always, coming through in the clutch. Uh, so then we go back to the end of the episode. And this is where I started crying again. As you said during your breakdown of the feast scene, Viserys expended all of his energy. He gave it all up today. He is on his deathbed. You can hear the death rattle. He set everything right in his eyes. He mended the schism between Rhaenyra and Alicent. He ended Otto's attempt to take over 
Driftmark and by extension the inheritance of Rhaenyra. He's like, I have done everything. I can go. And you see this actually really sweet scene from Allison. This is something Rhaenyra said during her toast. Is she said, yeah. nobody can deny that Allison has been a fabulous partner to Viserys and has cared for him every step of the way and only has his best the best intentions for him. And it's true, because you see her here, no servants around. She's still wearing her party dress, but she jumps into bed with him. She grabs the milk of the poppy. She wipes him off. She readjusts his bandages. There's a lot of care there. A lot of people have compared that marriage to Robert and Cersei would never do that for Robert. No. There, there's it's, true I care. I mean, like, would she have to do that even? She would not. It's when we were shown earlier where she makes them leave because they're bathing him too hard and she bathes him herself. Mm -hmm. She does not have to do that kind of manual labor yeah. as a queen. She doesn't have to do that. But, <clears throat> excuse me, she does because she loves him and because she cares about him. Or if she does, she may not love him in the way that Rhaenyra loved Harwin, but I think yeah. she at least respects him and cares for him mm -hmm. enough. They have a form of love for sure. There's a definite way to play that scene so it does not look as wholesome as it is. That that she, there's nobody, that she's not performing for anybody. Viserys is out. He's literally about to die. Nobody's ever going to see her doing this kindness for him. And she does it anyway, because she, she does care. Yeah. And I think that's something yeah. that I'm really glad that they put into the show that is not in Fire and Blood. That Fire and Blood, you really get the sense that Alicent really just uses Viserys for kids. And there's not a lot of, not a lot of love there and that it's all about ambition. And you see here that no, much Damon, there's a human on the other side of this, which I thought was a very yeah. interesting choice. Unfortunately, it all goes to shit, doesn't it, Mallory? Yep. It goes real quickly to shit, doesn't it? Because Viserys thinks that he is talking to Rick from their conversation earlier and starts talking about prophecy and Aegon's dream of a song of ice and fire, but... Alice interprets it as Viserys saying, our son Aegon should be king. And the way I, the way it's phrased at first, I'm sure you have it in here, where she, she says, yeah, uh, or he says, you ask me the truth of it, or if yeah, I yeah. believe it, or whatever. The, that could be the legitimacy of Rhaenyra's children's. I highlighted the part for you. Yeah. Thank you. He thinks he's disinheriting Rhaenyra for Aegon to unite the realm against the cold and the dark. It's you're the one that's... You must do this. Please do this. And Allison is... Yeah. It hurts her. Like you can see her recoiling. Really? Aegon? After all of today, you're going back on Rhaenyra, but she's... All right, I guess. She seems so fine. Okay, fine. All right, cool. When she's going out, she's like, I'll do it, my king, or whatever. She's just yeah. fine. After they had that great dinner and she was probably feeling like you said a lot of that guilt lift off. Now it's right back. That that seven point star's growing. She's gonna do horrible things. Now. Poppy, man. Yeah. It's heartbreaking because Viserys did set everything right. He averted the war. He averted conflict. In one day, he finally was a good king. And then in the last second, just fumbled it. It is interesting. I don't think that Allison understand the context at all. I don't think she knew what he was talking about. More just the, she, he said the prince that was promised and the winds from the north. I don't know if Allison's going to put that together to mean the prophecy, because she didn't understand what he was talking about with Aegon and the dream. She knows that he yeah. has prophetic dreams. He's told her, but I, I guess that's, she's going to interpret it as he's talking about his dream and that he's, this must happen. The one I told you about in years past, this is, that's what she understood. I don't think she understood the full context and I don't think she ever will. 
unless she suddenly goes into a big book reading session. And who's she, who she going to talk to? Is she going to tell this to Aegon? Maybe. But I think the important thing is that Allison is a character who is dutiful. And if you give her a cause, Otto has, she's going to do it because she believes in them. She's a person that has a real sense of purpose. You give her the purpose, she's doing it. And now she has one. And it's to fight Rhaenyra to make Viserys' dream come true as she sees it. And boy, is that the wrong person to give that purpose to. Oh my gosh, yeah. Couldn't have picked worse. Couldn't have picked worse. It's a, she's, she, she's doing her duty and she's honoring her family, but it's her son. She has to be responsible for him. It's just, would, Viserys would probably never have a reason to tell Alicent other than what he shared with her about the dream that he had mm -hmm. about Aegon and the dream that, you know, where it comes from and stuff. But I don't know if this is my own assumption, but I had a feeling maybe that maybe the Targaryens wouldn't be so loud talking about this prophecy. It might be the thing we were talking about this earlier in the season where it's only passed from ruler to heir. So I don't think he would have much lean to talk about it, maybe? Like, or reason to. Yeah, or reason. Yeah. It just makes him Unless seem weird. Rhaenyra, even Rhaenyra, who's in on it, is this sounds bullshit. Are you sure, Viserys? Are you sure, sure? Do you really believe this in your heart, or is it just a thing you're doing out of duty? That was her question. Yeah. Because clearly yeah, she doesn't. She struggles with it. She goes back and forth. She's like, I believe it, I don't. I have no idea if Aegon was right. Just because somebody carved a thing into a dagger doesn't mean it's true. That kind of thing. She's asking him because he has dreams too and that's the point of it yeah and boy they really twisted the dagger on that one speak of the dagger i don't know if you heard this after allison gets up to go away and we get to viserys's last moments they pan over to the dagger and the metal's singing i did not hear that it's it sounds it, it's a subtle sound effect that they dropped in but it sounded when you hit metal with a hammer uh-huh. Rings. But it also had a sort of a melody to it. The Song of Ice and Fire. It was coming out of the dagger. I don't know if that's literally in the scene, but it was for us to hear that that this moment of destiny, they they included this the sound effect to tell you that the dagger oh. is singing. The Song of Ice and Fire is being heard. And it makes you wonder why. And they, did, they did the same thing in the last episode with Helena when she did the thing with the spider. They added in a fantasy magic spell whoosh behind it. I put that in my video and it's, if you listen back to the soundtrack, it's, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, everybody. It's, you hear the sound of the ocean and you hear people chatting and then all of a sudden it goes whoosh as she does the hand on the spider thing. The same thing here, the metal is singing, which kind of right. bleeds into the idea of there are definitely people that think that Valyrian steel swords are alive. And I wonder if blood magic is a thing. We're getting told more things about the blood mage. What was the word, the new fantasy word we said we were given when it's the dome where all the blood mages do their magic. Oh, we were given this an anagrion. Yeah, they're adding in all this, the blood aspect. We're getting to see more magic stuff. I would buy, here's my tinfoil for you. I would buy that there had to be some kind of sacrifice given or blood sacrifice given to learn how to forge Valyrian mm -hmm. steel. That I've heard people think that dragon's blood is mixed into the steel to make it quote unquote mm -hmm. Damascus steel. So I love it. I want to know more. Give us more, please. Inject it into my veins. I am What's going on with that dagger? I'm absolutely curious if it's literal or if it's just for the viewer. If it's literal, that is something crazy. 
if the metal's literally singing in the moment, if it under, if it's reacting to this moment of destiny, this hinge of destiny that just happened, Alicent believing Viserys to push Aegon. It's such a divergence in history. Things could have gone so much better. It would be crazy if it's reacting to the hinge of the world idea or the river of time that George talks about. But it's also entirely possible that it is just there for us to remind us of the Song I, of Ice I, and Fire. I think it's there for us. But it's probably as, just there uh, for us, but I have the idea that it's real. I like it. Yeah, I have the idea that it's real. Curtis points out in the chat, and I'm sorry, I've blocked Nisa Nisa out of my memory, but Zora <laughs> High, binding Nisa Nisa's soul to his sword, allegedly. Her soul and life and force goes into the Lightbringer. So, yeah, I mean, we're given examples of magical blades. Definitely. What's going on with Dawn? I don't know. Definitely everybody, after we finish tonight, go back, go rewind to that thing and listen. It sounds metal singing. So I don't know. I love it. I always catch the sound stuff on my third rewatch and I'm going watch and it three just, times. just watching it. I know you've watched it three times. I've watched it once because I'm not a big fandom show. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All the show I'm doing. <laughs> Actually, I did tonight with the HBO shop. Definitely go check that out. Cool. A very prophetic dragon eye shirt i love this this was a really cool design the other one i want is they've done the promo with the dagger and the dragon eye put that on a shirt yeah. i'm buying it i love that thing and then of course we get to the thing that made me cry again this is last moments yeah. i didn't catch it on the first few go throughs this is what i was talking about where i had my the audio cranked and i was trying very hard i only caught it on the closed caption when the episode came up so viserys you can hear that labored breathing and he starts reaching up for something. His hand goes up and he whispers twice, no more, as in he's giving up on life. And then his hand stays in the air. He starts crying out of his one good eye. Oh, so we didn't mention this. One of his eyes is gone. Yeah. It, yeah. And half of his face is missing. It's It kind of looks like Gus Fring from Breaking Bad when he got blown up. I think that's what they were going for. Just he, he has totally decomposed. He's out of here. And then Viserys' last word as the camera goes to black is he says, my love. So clearly he's reaching for Emma. Yeah. He sees like, Emma in his last moments. Yeah. That, oh, I'm starting to tear up a little bit. And obviously earlier you said it mentioned, it made you think of Aemon's, Master mm -hmm. Aemon, Bookmaster Aemon's. And I figured he was reaching for Emma. I heard my love. I didn't hear no more yeah. from my watch, but. It sounded like a mumble. I couldn't just, hear it. That was it was heart-wrenching like, he suffered he, on he his own suffered. in the dark just Alone. giving up on life feeling he saved everything and he has an unbelievable tragedy in that moment patty considine's winning that emmy he's getting it oh yeah he deserves it he did great and also another bit of sound design as he gives up his life and after he whispers no more they also there's been a storm raging this entire episode outside they turn up the wind but it's specifically a winter wind. It's a cold wind. A cold wind rises as Viserys dies. Uh, this is another thing. Go back and listen to it. They put a lot of sound design mm -hmm. into this last scene. The metal sings and the cold winds rise as Viserys dies. That's, yeah. This is one of those things that I really appreciate about House of the Dragon. And I definitely think we in the fandom should pay attention to more. That it is a television show that they're using visuals, they're using audio design, they're using costume to tell story. It's not just dialogue. And it's something you could easily miss, but it adds so much context to what's going on. It's, it's it adds a lot of layers. It's sad for Viserys. You really fear for him with losing Emma and reaching for her and seeing her in his last moment. But then you feel the weight of the tragedy that 
this is all going to happen. That this is all leading to what we know from Game of Thrones. The cold winds rise and the song of ice and fire is happening. And also that's a, speaking of cold wind rises, of course, my mind goes to the next part where it's the pack survived, but the lone wolf dies. So it's the pack is dividing. It's dragons this time, but the pack is dividing. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that episode. How did you feel about it? I, it took me two watches to be able to get through it without tearing up. The third one, I was finally able to get down the lines and everything. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be for me, the Aemond chapter from A Feast for Crows, where it is a favorite, but it's not one that I can go back and watch a lot because yeah, it's not I think it's, one. I think it's just going to hit me too hard every time watching Viserys die, which That's I didn't think I would. Really they, they showed Viserys as kind of a buffoon and he wasn't a good king and that he screwed up raising Rhaenyra and it, but they called specific mentions to what went wrong in his life. And there's two things they point out in this episode. One is Damon. He didn't embrace Damon. Clearly that would have fixed a lot of things, but the other one's Emma. Losing Emma yeah. destroyed his life. It, Allison's, it was the downfall, right? Yeah, Allison ha- was a very, a great partner to him, took care of him. There's no doubt that she did a great job being a partner to him. But I think you're supposed to understand that the love for Emma that he has is that she was his Allison and that she, he lost her. All this yeah. could have probably could have avoided if she was still by his side until his last day. And his own guilt about that situation because yeah. he knows his involvement in it. He knows it was his choice. He lost him or he lost her and he also lost his son is very powerful too. The guilt was a very heavy theme in this episode, mm-hmm. was it not? Because Viserys' own guilt about this. So, of course, it's going to be Emma at the end. I think he loved Alicent in his own way, I said earlier. It was not the same kind of love as Al. Listen to me, Alicent. It was not the same kind of love as Emma, for uh, sure. You're right about that one. Good call in the chat. Amy Collins-Russell says he was wearing Emma's ring in the last scene, too. That oh. he was, that when he keeps touching his yeah, ring, he's had it, right? it's her ring. Yeah. When he's reaching up, the ring is there. That's very true. Game Corner asked, a bit lit to the stream, but is it official Darren has been cut from the show? No, he's not cut. He's just been in Old Town. He's been fostered with the High Towers. Really? Yeah. They did not cut Darren. I've heard people Darren. think that he's cut. They can't cut Darren the Daring. He's, they they're can't not cut. cutting him. He's just off Thank screen. You. They they sprung Thank literally you. three kids on us in this episode. Darren's going to show up. Jahara, Jaharis, Maylor. They're all coming. They just don't, yeah. they haven't had time for it yet. Daron doesn't have a story yet. He will later. It's yeah. I think they're focusing on what they need to do right now because we didn't we barely even seen Joffrey, but what twice. So the younger kids, we're getting these older kids aged up more, ready to go for their stories. We got to get to these younger kids. I think what next season you think for Daron should be he should show up. Oh boy. Oh, I'm sorry. There was a question from Patreon I wanted to get to from Eric Eric Forg. Eric Ferg, I'm sorry. That's how he said to pronounce it. Years past. He had a good question related to what you were talking about earlier, about how fast the season is moving. He said, ultimately, has the show moved too fast overall? Will we regret not spending more time with certain characters? Yes. I think it has moved very fast. We were just talking about that. People think Daron's cut. He's coming back. But they've sprung a lot of characters. We didn't get enough time with Lionel and Harwin. We didn't get enough time with, with Lainor. They gave all of his good lines at the end to to Rhaenyra and Daemon. There's a lot of secondary and tertiary characters that should have gotten more, but this is all going to solve itself in the next season because we're going to stop the time skips. This is basically the last time skip. The six-year gap, that's it. We're now going to go to real time. So I think it's been mixed bag. 
they've done a lot with the main cast and getting you to feel for them, especially Viserys in this episode. But then there's other ones, again, Lena, who is really just showed up just to die. Yeah. And same for Harwin. Lionel, they gave a lot of stuff to. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, we were robbed of a Harwin Renera sex scene. Truly, deeply robbed. I just, I loved Lena so much. I always, I want more as a Mm -hmm. fan for it. I love what they're doing with it. So, of course, I want more interactions. The thing I worry about with these time skips and... It's more a silly thing where I'm like, how are people who don't follow this on the same level? Are they doing okay keeping up with the storylines? I know one of my friends who didn't read the books, doesn't have any context for it. She's, I can't follow what's going on. I think they're doing an okay job. I think you should probably watch it twice so you really track it and you can really digest it. But that would be the same recommendation I do to anything that's difficult to follow. They're relying hard on the fandom to catch up everybody. Yeah. Which, yeah. as I talked about earlier, you can probably see from my videos over the last last month or so, a lot of those that have really taken off are just deep dives on particular characters. And I think that kind of shows that people are hungry for the information. There's a lot of interest in knowing more about Lena and Laris and even Willem Blackwood as a character. And I guess the fandom's picking up the slack on that one. I'm fine with it. We've been sitting here doing this for quite some time now. Yeah. I, and the thoughts that people have had, we've had this story for long enough where people will come to the same conclusions or they'll come to the same thinking and then it's talked about and discussed and back and forth and back and forth. So these tinfoil theories are the things that the fandom has quote unquote figured out with things. It's interesting to see that develop. So now all the new fans or the people discovering it for the first time have this deep dive access. How many hours do you want to spend on YouTube listening to Joe Magician? Apparently a lot. Would you to lose a week of your life to Joe Magician? Yes. Please. The answer is come yes. In, come in, the water's warm. Yeah. The trees. Speaking of which, you got a super chat oh. here from A-I-A-R-A. Ayara? Ayara. Wondering if Team Werewood is who we should actually worry about. Thinking of Aegon wanting the Werewoods felled and us never knowing Laris's intentions. I think... Ryan Campbell and his team have demonstrated they are paying a lot of attention to magic, and you cannot talk about magic in George's world without talking about weirwoods and green seers and skin changers and all this other stuff. So if it's not Laris, it's somebody. I think it's Laris. I think that's what they're doing with him. I think the the I think the visual stylings they've done with him because the weirwood and the rat and all that other and the firefly connecting to lena to helena with the bug connection i think that's what i think that's what it is they wanted to draw the two of them together i appreciate how quiet it is yeah it's it's barely there um, it's barely there so again is it something they're doing it for us or is it something that will have implications further down the story in ways we didn't understand before that could Definitely. be tied back to. Yeah, I'm trying not to spoil anything, but I think it's very interesting and I think it's very nice how they're doing it. I Definitely. Because oh, I think that I, if Laris is the Green Seer is true, or even just a skin changer, I've been saying Green Seer is shorthand, but either one, I am that, I hope if it is true that one of them saw the video I put up before they even put the weirwood thing and went, Shit. Already? This was Old gonna... Joey Wizards is on it again. We were trying to be subtle. How did this dick figure out before we even put in the Weirwood thing? It's, you guys you... didn't think about the fact that I obsessed over the Strongs for two years straight. They didn't know that the, they had Mr. Strongboy out there just making the Strongs' brand. Trees and Strongs, you've got his attention. Ooh, a rat. Yes. I get annoyed yeah. when I get comments on videos where people 
say something that I'm about to say, and then they go back and edit and then go, oh, you were about to get to that. Um, yeah, I know. If I if that if I was one of the writers, and seriously, if somebody pulled that out of literally out of nowhere just for fun, and it ended up being right, I would be frustrated, <laughs> especially because it's not obvious. It's so in the background. Yeah, you do have the ability to do that, though. You disassociate yourself enough from the your obsession from Aswaf to look through your TV glasses and be like, here's exactly what's going to happen. You've done that a couple times. It's the, always a good time. The prophecy stuff. Actually, Egg, Egg Sex, who was in the chat earlier, he made that that meme. Did you see that one? Where he quote tweeted somebody where it was a make up a guy. And it was the guy was somebody who secretly writes for a TV show and then starts a YouTube channel making up theory. So he's always right. And he's like, this is Matt. Matt does this. I'm this is Joe Magician. Uh, you can, only. You can learn this power if you two give up hours of your attention to stupid shit from Fire and Blood. Oh, but it's so fun. It's so fun. That's the best part of this community, in my opinion, is getting to hear everybody's theories and ideas. And when we all come together and it's discussed further and more things are figured out, it's cool. I appreciate it, for one. It's I, fun. for one, appreciate it. Yeah. I have sure. never been this right this often. This doesn't happen. It's been yeah. crazy. Every time. I'm I think it's awesome. I, I, the amount of people that after the Lara Strong thing, it went viral first and then the episode came back. The amount of people that went back to it and said, Matt, what, why? How did you get this? I'm like, I don't know. Seemed like a good idea. Well, like it makes rats. sense. As strong as I trees, I was paying attention. Yeah, it's if there was a dragon clue, if we were given something as a clue. I remember when Fire and Blood came out and we started speculating that Drogon, Viserion, and Rhaegal were Dreamfire's eggs because of the line. Obviously, the, my first read through, I caught that and was tweeting about it immediately with the other 20 dragon stands. <laughs> oh my god, Dreamfire, because that's everybody has different things that they're that they find more important in the stories. I'm really bad with times. I'm constantly having to check, okay, what year was this? What year was this? Because time is meaningless to me. But dragons, I can tell you all about the damn dragons that we get for 15 seconds an episode, or not at all. Well, not for this one. Madeline R, a strong, a blackwood, and a bastard walks into a godswood, and Joe Magician's a happy man. Correct. I think that's a good point, though. It is weird that they're hitting all my interests. They're hitting them exactly, which is... When we had... The, when they were standing around talking about the dream, and then there was, it was three for one. I remember messaging you on the Slack. They wrote this episode for you, Matt, very clearly. This is the it Joe was, It was my aim in the dreamer and the pyre and blood. Yeah, it was, it was they, and blood. They just put that in the episode. All right, cool. I guess I'm it's right. There. Also, a super chat yeah. from Poofball. Great show. Thanks for the content. Would love to see the dragon spreadsheet. Is that something you make public? I haven't yet. I don't see why I couldn't. Yeah. I guess I you mean, could. Like, Wait until I make the video, perfect, Mallory. But... I'll wait for your video. Right, there we go. I think we're probably about to get it's out of here. We've been going crazy. for three hours. Any last questions oh God, in the yes. chat? Throw them in there at me, bro. We'll do our best. Also, that was a very conceited few minutes from me. So sorry about that, guys. But it really, you look back at a lot of my videos, I make a lot of wild theories. And most of them, I have no expectation they're going to come true just because of the nature of them. We're never going to hear if Brandon's bastards are real. That's just a fun mental exercise. And that's what most of them are. They're just fun mental exercises for me. And... This is one after another. It's all right. Do I just, do I have it? I don't know. It's weird. You've got it. Um, 2022, the year of Joey Wizards. $2 from Ayara again. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it. Then correct me. Both Brendan and Lair seem to kill a lot of Targs. You're damn right they do. There's nothing oh, the children more than killing dragons. They sure it's loved true. killing first men and Andals. I don't think it would be any different for Valyrians. Nora <laughs> Lee, who gets sea smoke. Spoiler, big spoiler. 
Adam yeah. Valarian, but he hasn't showed up yet. But I don't know what's going to happen because they, as far as I know, a dragon cannot have two riders. I've never heard no, of it before. they made that clear. So, they made that clear in the show too, where they're a dragon bond is for life until one dies. I mean, there's a theory out there about how Adam. Yeah, Laner comes back as Adam and just pretends to be somebody else, I guess. The ages wouldn't work, though, because isn't Adam supposed to be 18 or something and Lanor would be a 35-year-old man at that point? Also, like, his brother that... is Alan. Adam and Alan are brothers, yeah. so that wouldn't make any sense. But I don't know. It's curious. Either Lanor has to die or they're going to change something major about how dragons work with their riders. Which, I, yeah, I, I don't know how I'd feel about that. I might, be, I might get up Sunny Spaghetti if C-Smoke, who me and Egg call a family dragon because he bonds to Valerians. If that gets changed, I'm going to be a little bit... I do trust them, and they've done some good stuff. Maybe it would make sense. Maybe they'd find a way of making sense. Lanar could die off screen. Sea Smoke could operate Viserion and Rhaegal, where they listen to Danny's commands without being directly bonded to Danny. Dragon horn, I don't on. know. Maybe the Valarians have a dragon yeah. horn. A sea horn. Yeah. A big shell in Driftmark. Mark, clearly, sure. it's just a dragon horn. I guess that's one way sure. you could do it. They definitely say that's the way the Valerians used to control dragons. They would direct them with magic orange so if you wanted to that's what and the, tam the tamers slash keepers have something going on where they may not listen to them their bonded rider would but they at least respect them enough we see Cyrax be put inside the dragon pit by them so mm. something they could in some way retain sea smoke my fear is sea smoke is done and we're never going to see sea smoke again they just will cut sea smoke from it and maybe let's kill him early it. or something that'd be weird or maybe i don't know i forget what happens to sea smoke i actually i honestly don't even know so i don't even think that was a spoiler because i don't remember obviously buddy all the dragons die every dragon dies at a certain point but i don't know if any of them die during what's coming i can't tell you sea smoke does die in battle oh okay spoiler oh yeah tumbleton okay another question here amy collins russell did you talk about my Sara? yeah i think it was just to remind people she exists Maybe something about Aegon's Bastards will come up. Otherwise, I don't really... It was a weird inclusion. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. Shoved into the episode. I'm not unhappy. It's gotta be I'm happy to see something. my Sarya. I want to see her more as a character. I just didn't... It, it felt like a weird editing choice. To, all right, now my Sarya. Now back to Viserys' horrible death. Okay, I guess so. Yeah, it's awkward. It was awkward editing. Again, sure. it's not because my I love my Sarya. She's a great character. I'm happy to see her back on the screen. She's been missing for quite a long time. It was this odd choice to do it now. But I guess yeah. this is escalation, so she's coming back into the story. Marcus Hertz says, just give Adam a different dragon. I guess you could. But I think they're actually cutting down on them, not adding more. Yeah, they're not adding more. They're taking away because dragons are expensive and finished CGI is the most expensive, especially at a competitive level of HBO. House of the Dragon, it better look good. I think they're... I've heard people... Comp oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I've heard people complain about the dragon CGI. And looks great. Where? Show me. I think they're cutting Grey Ghost, most likely. And Probably. maybe the Cannibal. The Cannibal should have showed up already. They can't cut Cannibal, can they? They're going to be... You think they just do Sheep Stealer? Maybe they do Sheep Stealer. They haven't shown us Vermithor, Vermithor or Silverwing. They basically ignored all the wild dragons at this point, so who knows? Yeah, I think they're what they're doing with the wild dragons or the ones that are riderless right now is that those will just be for season two or the coming seasons. I feel their budget had to go to developing certain models to get to I point saw. in production or whatever. So those could even be, still be designed at this point. It would make sense. They could cut Cannibal and Grey Ghost and just do the Sheep Stealer storyline and it would still be good. Yeah. 
but we don't have Vermouth or we haven't seen uh, Silverwing being mentioned, Tyraxes. Um, I think Stormcloud Shrikos is gone. Morgul. Shrikos. They should still be young, but they should be alive right now. Uh, Moondancer right. hasn't showed up. We'll see Moondancer eventually. But yeah, Shrikos, Morgul. Morning, we don't get until much Tisarian later. Tisarian should be alive. Tisarian would be alive and pretty big at that point. Yeah. So who knows? It'll probably just be the kids where they just shove them on screen when necessary. They're not going to set them yeah. up too much. Oh, nobody suspects the butterfly said they'd revise their comment to say we'd see all the dragons. So if they do, I'm happy to see Cannibal. Oh, I'm going to lose his mind if we don't get Cannibal. Cannibal's the best dragon, the most interesting dragon. Vermithor and Silverwing are good boys. Cannibal's Damon as a dragon. He is just chaos. Or he's, he's a Euron dragon. He's fucking insane. Stormcloud, yeah. Sunfire eats almost as well. That's not true because Cannibal eats a lot of wild dragons, but Sunfire has noted Cannibal behaviors, which I think is very interesting. Tracks with Egg or Aegon. I don't know why they would show us Cannibal. I guess it would just be, that would be a big spoiler. Let's see here. Which is more expensive, CGI dragon or caring for an actual dragon? CGI, because they don't do much for the dragons. If they're on Dragonstone, they let them do whatever they want. And if they're in the dragon pit, they just throw pigs at them or goats. So Let me just... Say this gently, it would break your brain to know how much one shot of a dragon would cost. Millions. Just for the small amount of backgrounds I do, I know what I get paid to make them, I know what the company pays us, and then they pay more people to paint on top of them, and they pay more people to animate in them. It's the amount of work and time that's going into these dragons is a lot of money. Yeah, very true. It's crazy. I are in the chat video about wild dragons. If I do that, it'll be off-season stuff leading into season two. You but I, clearly my favorite is cannibal so if i was going to do one about him it would be that it would be that dragon but there's i don't know sheep stealer is okay gray ghost we know nothing about he likes fish gray ghost likes fish yeah it's only three right there's only three no, wild, wild dragons yeah it's only yeah the and names then, of wild dragons and then there's yeah. Silverwing and vermithor but we already know about them from fire and blood so they don't show up for a long time so not a big deal actually no that's not true they should show up Soon. Let's see here. Anything else before we get out of here? I gotta set my Saria as a red keep spy so she can leak Viserys' death to Dragonstone. Oh, good call, Universe Factory. So that's what that was for. Good thinking. Your eye for detail. You, I think you just nailed that one. She's gonna, she's gonna narc to Damon that Viserys is dead. Talia's gonna find the body. She's gonna tell my Saria. My Saria's gonna write, a, gonna write a letter. Yep. Nailed that one. Good job, buddy. Good job. The dragon Sheeshmoke. Sheeshmoke. Yeah, just gonna and have, a, gonna have a, a second one. Silverwing. I hope they have Laner come back. Madeline R said Laner coming back boldly with a different name. Like claiming the boys are trueborn. If the solution to free up Sea Smoke is you kill Lanor, then just let him die. What's the point of saving him to let him die off screen in SS? If you're keeping him alive, don't Gendry him. Use him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, if they're going to give us a moment for the gays to truly celebrate and be like, he gets to live, don't kill him off screen. You've already done enough queer baiting with Allison or Inera. Yeah. Come on, come on. Just, I'd be curious if, oh. if Corley's has spent six years in the Stepstones, not fighting, but looking for Carl Corey, if he's trying to hunt him down. That's interesting. Okay, Inadvertently trying I, to find Lenor, not knowing right, he's alive. He does find Lenor and he's, you've even bastard son, you come back. I would love that. I would be okay with that. I don't think it would work necessarily perfectly, but I could really, I could be okay with that. Otherwise, what the hell is he doing in the Stepstones for six years? Looking for Carl Corey makes the most sense. Apparently he's just been having a fever for six years. So I also, I, this is a small thing, but I love from the opening scene where Rainey says, where did the message come from? And the maester says, even fall. And Rainey goes, 
Okay, three days away. I'm, you yeah. know how long it is by boat from Evenfall in the Stormlands to Driftmark to the day. That's impressive. I was very impressed by that. I was damn. She has a lot I, of mental math going on in her brain. She really is the queen the that never was. And I think she showed this episode that had a lot of wisdom. And But she really balances... She would have been a great queen because she balances the cost of human life against her ambition. And most of the characters don't do that. It's a really good way to phrase it. She does. And maybe that's why we had that extended silent sister scene. She's truly sitting there thinking about the cost, as we were talking about earlier, the cost of lives, the bodies on her own side from her own family piling up. And now it's just going to get worse. Yeah. Some of you said I went to dinner and came back and you're still going. Yeah, we're, we're about to get out of here. My voice is going and I got to get to bed. And I also have to write I'm some funny starving. tweets. I got to write some funny tweets. Oh, it's time else. for the frantic tweeting. I'm about to in the morning. I don't know. I, I went viral yesterday for stupid tweets super late about the uh, the stills. I, I did those a whole day after everyone else. And those still went crazy on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I have, saw, to, maybe I'll have to do it tonight. I saw the same joke five times with the Kermit the and the, his cloak. Yeah. And it's Damon doing crimes. And yeah. Five, everybody's on the same page here with the crime cloak. I know the one that everyone's going to do is they're going to Photoshop Damon onto you drop this king, Mario. <laughs> yeah. that's Everyone's making that right now. Got to be unique to, to get it going. <laughs> I think that's about it. I'm sorry, Mallory, there weren't more dragons, but I thought this was... That's okay. This was a fantastic episode. It I think it really showed the potential of Hot D and the care that they're putting into it. Especially it that, that final scene with the metal singing and Viserys' last words and the no more idea, his acting, the CGI, and then also the cold winds rising. I think that is a perfect finale for a character and every level was working. I think it was just fantastic. Yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed that episode. I'm glad I could have been, I could be here with you as we process our Viserys slash Aemon slash Patty feelings together that was a lot but i thought it was a very good episode it was one of the ones where i didn't mind that there weren't dragons so much i was so into what was being shown with our other use of dragons in the text dragons if you will i think the thing i'm probably gonna be most wrong about this episode is maybe what happened to diana somebody brought up that maybe there's something maybe that's tristane true fire or one of the other or game in pale hair and maybe that's where it's going I thought she was dead, Ooh. but I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong about that one. So if you're listening to this back, the poll? oh, dead or black cells won by about 60 to 40, oh. either one of the two, but it would make a lot of sense if that's what they were doing, but they definitely wanted a menacing tone to it. But yeah, if you're listening to this back, maybe totally wrong at that one. Please don't roast me, but that's how it goes. I tried. That's what a reaction stream is. Yeah. We're doing our best. <laughs> so thank you so much, Mallory, for hanging out. We had a really long yeah. stream. Everybody for slamming the like button for hanging out. All the super chats from Ayara, Poofball, Morley, Joseph Newhouse, Cam Cobain, Emily of Erie, and the CIE Project. You can definitely check out Emily on Radio Westeros. They'll have a much more comprehensive breakdown later in the week. And... Now we plug all the things. What do you got going on? I'm Sanrexian. At Sanrexian on Twitter is where you can find me the most. I have just launched my Patreon in September, so I'm working on creating a bunch of drawings of dragons for a sticker pack that I'm going to be launching. Yeah, you can find me there. I will probably have commissions open by Halloween. That is my goal right now, so that's a big deal. I'm working on a book cover for a artist in the fandom, or not an artist in the fandom, an author in the fandom. I'm not going to say who it is. You probably know. Not me. But, uh, I don't have a yeah. book. 
Not Joey McWizards. I don't it's know how to write. I know I have ideas. Those are different things. Thank you, Sasa, for liking my stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm basically just kind of doing my own thing. Come annoy me. Come talk to me on Twitter about dragons. And yeah, consider Patreon if you want to give me a tip because I really would appreciate it. <laughs> there you go. I'll be having a video. I was working on the the Heron Hall one, but I think I'm going to push that to later this week. I think I'm going to do one about the Saras and Aemond. Or Eamon. Yes, over the next couple of days, hopefully get that one out. I have the next two days off, so I should be able to. But the usual problem with delays is that I have a full-time job too, so I just lose sleep. But also, I was super late on the Helena one. I guess it didn't end up mattering. That one's just crushing it. But I was late because I was sick for two days. Ooh. But should we? I already have the Heron Hall one written, so that's just production work at that point. The idea is always the hardest part: the writing because I'm not just doing explainers and reviews. I'm, it's harder to do, for me at least. But I think the results are worth it, so look out for that one probably a few days off. If I can write it fast enough, then it should be out Tuesday night or Wednesday. And I would look for the Heron Hall one Saturday, probably. Who knows? But yeah, thanks everybody. If you enjoyed the stream, make sure you subscribe or do and subscribe. Hit the bell button so you get notified as well. And we do the same. I'll be doing the same thing for the last two episodes. 10-15 stream will go live. Who do I have next? Let me... Oh god, that's on screen. Whoops-a-daisy. <laughs> Let me do that over here so that people don't see going. Oh no, my YouTube history. Don't look. It was more embarrassing that one of the folders is named Elite Dangerous. Is that embarrassing or is that super badass and cool? A little bit of both. So next week is oh, Lady Gwyn and Yoke Boy. I forget if it's both or one or the other, but one of them or both of them will be on. And then for the finale, we're bringing it back, boys, where Aziz is coming back on the stream from History of Westeros. Nobody will be more excited about that episode than, any, than Aziz, and nobody's more knowledgeable. I am constantly in awe of all the things that he and Ashea keep in their brains. So look forward to that stuff. I will see you all next time. Thanks.